Rockets fans, if you want to see Toyota's best offers, including those not seen on TV, go to buyatoyota.com. It's Toyota's official website for deals from the official vehicle of the New England Patriots. Toyota, let's go places. Some of the content of Patriots Unfiltered may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world's original podcast. Welcome to Patriots Unfiltered. Boy, the food tastes better. The oxygen is more fresh. Everything Diet, is Diet better. Pepsi is better. But they have a chance to, like, kind of get back to the middle in terms of 500, you know? 5-5 five and five at the bye is in play. They could. French 12-5 and five is in play. They've only lost five games. Okay, but 12-5 and five is ridiculous, okay? So is 5-5 five and five at the bye. <laughs> Not really. Just you, penciling in wins by, is, is, like, that's a little ridiculous for two and five and No one's penciling them in, Paul. I, I, I was joking about it. But yeah, no, okay, it's in play. Right. You, if you were, if you were, it, oh, it, if you were teasing me, that, then that's in that case, I'm opening the window a little bit. Oh, yeah, it's cracked. Boy, I wish I had you as a college professor. (laughs) You did nothing in the seven classes that we had, but you came to the eighth one and you did well. That's an A. You know, so it was good for our German fans. Oh, yeah. You know? That was big. That was big. That was where the belief came from. That's right. They knew Germany was watching. Yeah. For Deutschland. Hold on. When you when you look when, strap on when you look at the oh, when you look at the, strap in. I misspoke. Yeah. Oh. Where is your strap mind? It on. Strap it in. What is that? So like the buffer up. The, this is Patriots Unfiltered. Presented by Toyota's official website for deals, buyatoyota.com. All right, welcome into Patriots Unfiltered. That's right, folks. It's your lucky day. Deuce is hosting because Fred is on jury duty. So uh, might get a little wacky, might get a little weird, as always, when I'm uh, over here and things get off the rails. But it's Deuce, it's Evan, it's Paul, three of us holding the fort down here. Uh, yeah, let's go places was kind of conventional. Well, I, I wanted to a give a conventional one. So a little that, disappointed. So when the sponsor complains and says, hey, this host is always doing it wrong, they can you know, pull mine up and say, well, actually, this guy did okay. it right. Okay. I don't know. I didn't come up. There's only so much you can do. There's only three words. You can only put the emphasis on certain syllables, syllables. a certain times. So... What are we going to do? All right, we're going to be here for two hours talking Patriots. We heard from Bill this morning. We heard from Mac this morning. Evan's going to go out to practice. We'll see who's out there. Uh, maybe some Keon White returning. I'd like to see him get back in there and provide a little little jolt. Um, a couple guys released yesterday we can get to yeah, as some, well. Some roster moves. Some, some interesting things. And otherwise, we're, uh, we're turning the page, as Fred likes to say, to the Dolphins and uh, their explosive and entertaining offense and, and trying to figure out how the Patriots can, can take them down. So... Uh, where, where should we begin, fellas? Shall we begin yesterday with uh, Malik Cunningham getting released? <laughs> My player to watch from last week. <laughs> that, that, that's funny. Of course, we tried to he'll do a video. He'll be back on the practice squad. Don't I worry. know, but he's definitely not a player to well, watch. You, mean, so. you don't think he'll get claimed off waivers? <laughs> well, him and Kayshawn Booty are, you know, oh. the next coming of Randy Moss and Wes Welker. So I died Maybe laughing. when that happened, I couldn't believe it. Um, that that you know it's just I mean it's them like you know we never pumped up Malik Cunningham on the show right like we never took the cheese or talked about three year deals and it meaning anything or anything like no, that. No, I told you the opposite on the three year deal. Yeah. It's standard. Yeah, um, I'm glad you did because I think that's a but that's something that's out there that people aren't really. I, aware I do of. think it's um, listen. Is it a big deal? No, uh, it's not. You know we don't need to spend ten minutes talking about it. But I do find it a little odd that rather than just elevate them when they needed a spot. They signed him, and then, you know, if they have any designs on him, you do run the risk of losing him. And I, I can be snarky all I want about it. I don't think anybody will claim him, but when you release a guy, there's always a chance. Um, 
You know, who's the guy they lost on waivers last week or two weeks ago that they didn't expect to lose on off of waivers? Uh, Amir Speed. Oh, Amir Speed. Amir yeah. Speed. Yeah. You know? Um, so anytime you expose a, a player, you have to be prepared to lose him, as Bill always says. So I I guess it was like sort of injury related and maybe they had another elevation that week that they felt like they had to do rather than sign that person to the to the active roster, but it didn't really make a lot of sense to me to to do it the way they did it. Yeah, it makes even less sense right now. Like I just I'm I'm befuddled. Like I don't know. I can't even like why why. Uh, it's <laughs> it's weird, especially like are you really gonna judge him off of six snaps in one game? And he looked overwhelmed in the six snaps that he played, especially the two at quarterback. But it, it was two snaps in his first two snaps ever in an NFL game. So you're really going to hold that against him yes. and say, no, never mind. We thought we might have had something here, but he's not ready. I, I guess maybe. I, I don't know. I think the the one thing that, that really stood out, though, is uh, Juju Smith-Schuster's concussion, it, along with his lack of performance, I, I would say, on the field as well. And then looking at Tyquan Thornton and his lacking role, uh, gets us to Jalen Rager, who is now out of practice squad elevations. He's hit the three uh, maximum limit, and they now opened a roster spot on the 53-man roster by releasing a guy that they view mostly as a wide receiver. So just connecting the dots, I I asked Bill this morning about Jalen Rager. Uh, He wouldn't take the cheese on telling me about their roster moves ahead of time. Shocker. Uh, But he did, you know, have some nice things to say about Rager. And uh, I I think that there's a real possibility that they look at it and say Rager is ready to play receiver for us right now and contribute for us right now. And that's what we need. So they got rid of Trey Flowers, too, which was another kind of interesting one. I would like to go back to Rager. Maybe we can just stick on him for a second because I tried to bring him up yesterday when we were talking about the push to get more speed on the field and you know, we know how disappointing he's been. He was a first-round pick. He's always been fast. Um, and, you know, it's hard to trumpet him when he had one catch. Evan, you pointed out he had a nice a nice block on, on one, of the, one of the end rounds. Is that what yeah, you said? Yeah, jet sweep the uh, pop. Um, yeah. So, you know, I guess he is contributing, but I don't know. Do you guys see any reason for optimism that he can continue to grow and, and maybe be a part of this offense or, or maybe take yeah. sna- continue to take snaps away from, from Parker? I would rather see it that way just because I, I do think that the speed is, is valuable, at least mentally, on the defense um, in, in some way. Do I think there's a chance that we're looking this two years from now like, wow, you know, sometimes it just takes guys uh, a few stops before it clicks? No, I don't, I don't anticipate that. But I, 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 the way Evan put it, like you got very little out of Juju Smith-Schuster before he got hurt. Devontae Parker was cut in half, basically, his yeah. his snaps uh, last game. I don't have any problem if those snaps go to Rager on a more um, consistent level. Thornton obviously didn't get a ton of snaps. He only had three in the game the other day. I, I kind of like the idea. Evan's been talking about that since training camp, you know, just the idea of getting your fastest guys on the field, and that was before Rager was even here. Yeah, I, and I think it's clear that, born and pop are your two best receivers and neither one of those guys is a traditional x like so you're not going to play either one of those guys in that role and if you start to talk about 
how can we use those guys as like the Z and the F and then have some speed at the X when those are our speed guys, like you, it becomes Rager or Taekwon at that point. Yeah. And I, for whatever reason, I, I feel like Taekwon is fallen out of favor with, with a lot of uh, people in, in the organization, coaching staff, quarterback. Like I don't, I don't necessarily know if Mac uh, trusts that Taekwon's going to be in the right spot all the time uh, when he is out there. We know a uh, similar situation to Rager. He's got a lot of natural talent, a lot of speed, um, but it hasn't necessarily translated into any sort of production. And maybe Rager, who's, uh, you know, I mentioned the jet sweep, like a little bit thicker, like a little bit better blocker as well, potentially. Um, but I think what it boils down to is that they they really need to use Bourne and Pop in specific roles for what those guys skill set is which means that they have to come up with somebody else to play the x spot and if Devonte parker is not getting it done then it kind of becomes a conversation of, about jalen rager which is you can say that that's where we're at and it's kind of sad that jalen rager a bust first round pick is your best yeah. bet but that's also you know where we're at so can you use a little creativity and, and sort of patch it together with those two guys and you sort of look at it um you know, I, I, I still like the idea of Parker's uh, big body, like on the slants and stuff when yeah. when he's engaged. I thought you know, he didn't have a huge impact in the game, but I do think the slant at the end of the game was part of that yep. drive. It was a valuable play. I don't want to overstate it. Um, and maybe when you're in, you know, the regular part of the field, you, you have more Rager who might put something in the back of the mind of, of the opponent, uh, opposing secondary in terms of his ability to run by you. Do you, do you worry at all about – trying to get Juju, like shoehorn Juju back into this lineup right now where it feels bit. like you find something in the middle and now little bit. You know, he was back yeah. at practice last week, right? So he, Yeah, he was practicing last week all week in a limited capacity, obviously, but I, I, I'm with Paul. I, I worry about it a little bit. I mean, this is the guy that you paid in the off season, and uh, ESPN Analytics just dropped like a, a new metric for receivers. Was it kind to him? And uh, out of 109 receivers in the metric, Juju Smith-Schuster ranks 109th. Oh, no. <laughs> dead, dead last. What is the metric supposed to measure? Just so general. It, so Kendrick it, Bourne's 11th. General yeah, quality? Yeah, so it measures three, oh, I saw that. three yeah, categories. Yeah. It's uh, open percentage, right, how often you get separation, uh, catch point, you know, contested catches, things like that, and then yak. Yeah. And he is the Bourne one. was the yak monster. Yeah, that was yeah, Bourne is, is fourth in yak rating. So – in that Juju Smith-Schuster is not. Is this all like <laughs> pass catchers altogether? Yeah. So mm-hmm. was this the one that Hunter Henry was way yeah, down Yeah, so into? Hunter Henry is pretty far down as well, which I, I think when you talk about like separation and yak, he doesn't really do yeah. either one of those things very well, but he's a really, really good, uh, you know, strong hand, sturdy uh, possession type of tight end. So yeah. I understand why you wouldn't look at him and say an analytic. I just looked, yeah. No, no, maybe this is why, this is why I leave that to you. Yeah. This one, I'm out. Hunter Henry's been a good player for the Patriots. Yeah. All season, yeah. all seven games. Yep. He's been a good player for them. And if he ranks that low because he doesn't check the right boxes analytically. Yeah. It's just kind of, I, a, just give me some good football play. Juju. I get. Yeah. Juju has that. that my eyes tell me that he's not, making plays he's not getting open he's averaging like six yards a catch like i see that myself but hunter henry's made some big plays for that team i always take these metrics and uh we don't have to like go on a whole thing about this metric but i always take these metrics and almost look at it as like tiers instead of looking at it as like individual hard rankings rankings. so it's like 
all right, like, you know, these, this is like the tier one wide receivers and this is like the tier 10 wide receivers. <laughs> and, and I, that I, I think is tier better. I, I treat PFF grades the same way. Yeah, like me too. Trent Brown is the second rateest tackle in football right now, according to PFF. Do I think he's the second best tackle in the NFL? No, but I think that he's like a good starting tackle. Like, yeah. and that's what PFF is telling you. It's not yeah. telling you that he's necessarily better than, you know, Trent Williams. It's just saying that he's a good player. Yeah, I, I just think where there's going to be riots in the streets this week if it's like pops out and, and, and Juju's in and Juju's getting all the snaps and, you know, like that. I just feel like they found something. Yeah. They may be building something. I don't something think that and, will happen. Yeah. I just worry that they'll, like you put it, like yeah. shoehorn Juju in there and have him have a, a bigger role. Yeah. But I don't think Pop is going to just like leave. No, I, he better he he better not after the jump he took. But it's just a weird problem to have. I, I feel like because you've paid Parker and, and Smith Schuster as kind of your guys, but you're starting to get more production from other guys and new guys, and it's it's hard to look at these guys that you handed money to that you know are supposedly on three year deals remaining, like and then phase them out of the offense, have to get them out. You know, it's it's hard to uh, it's hard to break up. Why Evan and I answered it the way yeah, we did? It's hard yeah. to break up with those guys, right? Yeah, and I think like a guy like Kendrick Bourne who I know a lot of people think should be on the trade block and things like that. Like if I'm the Patriots, I I am extending Ken, like I'm keeping Kendrick Bourne, but now I don't know if we know that in the past that his just general, I don't know what the word is like makeup, you know, is not really that like the Patriot way, you know, he's a talkative guy. He's, he sometimes speaks out and speaks his mind, especially last year. Uh, So I don't know if he's a fit, for them but at the same time like that's he's just kind of a wide receiver like that's just kind of what some of those guys are like I fall in the middle I I would generally agree with what Evan just said about wanting to extend Kendrick Bourne but I would only want to do that if I could get out of the other stuff that I've already done what I would worry about is okay so you extend him and now you have Parker Bourne and Juju definitely moving forward I don't like that I don't like running back with basically the same crew of receivers Um, now if you could say you know what we're looking at this now maybe that three-year deal for Juju wasn't a good idea you know or maybe you know Parker's extension you know upon closer look is not really an extension we can get out of that by all means let's let's keep born and then see if we can get build around him with Douglas born and then bring in you know, we'll bring in Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> to be the, the the number one you know guy or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like I I, yeah. I like that that idea. Yeah. Then you know just sort of keeping the same crew because then I worry. Well, how much money are they going to spend? Yeah, yeah, I think like with Juju, just based off of what we know about his contract, it's basically a, a two year deal. That's what it seems like on paper. Yeah, yeah. and I I don't know how now they got somebody to take Johnny Smith. <laughs> and Johnny Smith is having a decent year for the Falcons, so I, I, it's not impossible to to find some a trade partner, I suppose, for a late round pick that would take Juju off your hands next year. But it it does preclude them, I think, from just completely walking away without trading him in terms of just cutting him. Yeah, well, I guess we'll, we'll get a glimpse this weekend of of what direction they're saying. But I mean, it's like you said, I know they need so much, but just you know, kind of seeing Douglas start to emerge and and born, if they could maybe keep him, like. All right, maybe it's not like a total teardown on offense that we thought that it might have been, you know? There's enough 
there's enough there to have a represent. You had a representative offense on Sunday. There's yeah. enough to do that. Like I know that it's just so easy to say they don't have any line, they don't have any receivers, they have no playmakers. Yeah, I mean I get it that they don't have an explosive group of of playmakers on offense, but they should be better than they were for the most part earlier in the season. They and I'm not telling you they have to be like they were on Sunday every week in terms of like 30 points, but. Can you move the ball like that every week? Yeah, I think you can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, quick also on the Trey Flowers thing. So he was coming up on, you know, deadline for when they had to activate him. Kind of Bill gave an interesting non-answer today about Trey Flowers. Yeah. It just, um, I think Sophie Weller asked him about it, about him and, and the status. I, what, what do you think is going on there with, with Flowers? Any, any I theories? don't know the rule. Like, <laughs> I'm going to plead ignorance. So the, he had 21 days. They they yeah. activated him on October 4th, which means that today would be the deadline. If they didn't if they didn't put him on the 53-man roster today, he would have been out for the season, like yeah. on permanent IR. Just just to – I did know that part, yeah, yeah. That yeah. part of the rule. I didn't know, like, the whole – like, they had to release – to do – Right, do you he, cut him and reset the clock somehow yeah. or something? Or and does that him? allow you to put him on the practice squad? So like, I don't know. It mm-hmm. depends on – and we'll find out later. To, if they cut him with an injury settlement, then they couldn't just automatically re-sign him. It's a Connor McDermott situation. Right. Got to wait. A yeah, amount of time. yeah, until he's w- what the team it's a would formula. deem. It's healthy. based on how many weeks you think a guy's going to be out. He has to get paid. Yeah, like yeah, x that amount. But you guys are probably a little relieved. I mean, I wasn't as like, oh god, they're going to put Trey Flowers in there. But I know you guys just didn't want really any any parts of, of that because of wanting to turn the page to younger guys and you know giving somebody maybe like Keon White more of a chance than yeah than, than putting Flowers in, right? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't sit here and like storm the castle if they decided to activate Trey Flowers. Like, oh well, there it is. There's the difference in the season. <laughs> no, you know, I like Trey Flowers, but I do like the idea of you know seeing guys like White and Mapu and. You know, those kinds of guys getting, you know, Anthony Jennings, like find out if he can, you know, see if this is just a blip in the, you know, a spike in his production or if this is who he is. Yeah. You know, rather than same old, same old. I thought DeMarcus Covington had some real nice things to say about Anthony Jennings. He's usually a little close to the vest, but uh, Taylor asked him, uh, you know, DeMarcus yesterday just about Jennings saying, you know, he's always ready. We, we, you know, we know he's going to be prepared no matter what he's going to play or isn't. Um, You know, I just he's such an interesting player to me because. Like I, he was a big board guy for me. Like I just saw him. Yeah. He's like, this is a this is a Patriots outside linebacker. This is what they look like. He's not you Built know by a, Bama. A, yeah, not a devastating pass rusher or anything, but was solid. I think the first year in 2020 because of injuries, they kind of played him inside a little bit more. Um, you never really saw the the potential there that that he might have on the edge. Uh, he missed what all of of two years ago and and was kind of a bit player last year. So he's finally getting a chance to to make some plays and it's you know he wasn't even active what the first couple of games it's at like, least the first one i think it might have been the first two yeah i mean it's and, and we remember in, in camp he was he was pretty solid like this i mean i just remember yeah. him giving preseason too a, a hard time on the first edge. preseason game <clears throat> he definitely flashed yeah yeah so yeah he's had a you know tough go of it with injuries like in college he was i don't know if he was I want to say he was like a five-star guy coming out and like was one of those like big Bama recruits and yeah. had a huge uh, – one of his underclassmen seasons, I don't know if it was his freshman or sophomore season, had a really big season at Bama and then uh, blew out his knee, like like devastatingly, a horrible injury uh, in college. And since then, he's never really gotten back like the twitch in the pass rush. Like he's never really gotten that, you know, sack artist type of yeah. movement back. 
and uh you know that i think really hurt him in in some people's eyes but in terms of like setting the edge and being sturdy out there and pushing the pocket in the pass rush and being involved in some of their their schemed rushes and things like that he's he's done a nice job i mean that he's not been a game changer but he, he's done his job kind of like a jelani Tavai, like too you know like guys that just kind of get it done like is it gonna change the complexion of your season when they're out there no but they they definitely have something for them yeah one one other guy that, that covington talked about i thought it was kind of interesting was barmore um you know not as as glowing or as long as he kind of went on about jennings but i just thought it was interesting he said something to the effect of you know he's being able to make plays within the structure of the defense and to me that kind of signaled that barmore kind of freestyles sometimes and yeah. that's not what they want and yeah. right now he's doing what he's supposed to do and he's having some success because of it. Yeah, I thought Bill's uh, talk about him a little bit this morning was interesting too, just about how he was able to train differently and better, more effectively, because he was healthy. When he first started that answer, I was like, oh, is this another one of those guys that wasn't doing And then he quickly got yeah. it back on track. Um, you know, he was able to train because he was healthy. Um, and I think he felt like he had a better offseason this year than he did previously yeah I, I love talking to Barmore in the locker room about pass rush and things like that and he, he's he's a great quote and I've talked to him in the past about learning how to play within the system and I, I think that was a challenge for him absolutely was in this defense the gap discipline is the number one thing like if you get out of your gap they're gonna get on you for that and he had to figure out how can I make an impact while also doing what they want me to do and that I think was a challenge for him at times, but I think he's really figured out when to pick his spots. And in this past game against the Bills, he, they they basically challenged him and said, "Hey, like we need some push up the middle this game, like against Josh Allen, because the edge guys are going to have to keep him in the pocket, and we're going to have to be able to, you know, get to him up the middle." And uh, you know, he had a great game. So I, I think he's starting to figure out how to use that that best rush and when to use it and uh, when to hold his gap and he's definitely been better against the run uh, this year yeah. as well that's one of the interesting things I picked up from I always try to listen to Covington I think you know he's great um, but he, he talks a lot about just the challenge of going from two gapping and kind of holding the guy up to then realizing it's a pass and transitioning to, to a pass rush and that's it's got to be a difficult thing for a guy like Barmore who probably was just like at Bama like yeah just go get the quarterback you know like you just run through the gap you know and now it's 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 having to you know, use two different techniques within the same the same down, being able to be strong and hold your ground and and not get pushed back, but then also able to shed that block and you know get upfield. So maybe maybe he's making progress. I think we're all excited about but he it. He was great. Yeah, I mean, he really had an impact on that game the other day. Yeah, and we need they need him to and and continuing this week into into Miami. Um, like I said, we heard from Bill. Anything else from Bill that was uh, of note or uh, particularly interesting? Certainly, he talked about all these guys we're talking about: Jennings, Rager. I mean, the, yeah. the hot pats that are. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I thought he had regular Bill answers. I did think a couple of things were interesting. One, when he was sort of asked about Trent Brown, and the question was posed: You know, is this the best football you've seen Trent Brown play? And Bill wasn't having it. You know, and it wasn't because he wasn't wanting to give Trent Brown any credit. It was like, don't make it out to be that this has been anything like all of a special. Sudden. Um, this is what we, you know, we, we've gotten a lot of good football from him. So I, I do think that there is a, uh, and I know I'm on the island here, I, I think there's an abnormal sort of impression of what Trent Brown is based on what the coaches as opposed to others. But I, I thought it was interesting that, no, don't don't make this out to be that he's playing great right now. This is kind of what we expect from Trent Brown. Yeah, That was his answer to me. And the other thing that I thought was interesting, I mentioned to you guys off air, 
the last question, um, there was someone asked a question about Will Greer and his development uh, as far as, you know, giving looks on the scout team, having to sort of emulate different kinds of quarterbacks. And the answer that Bill gave was Will and Bailey have, do- have both done that and done a good job of that, which unsolicited he included the fact that ba- Bailey Zappi is also doing the scout work, not just Will Greer. So I, I think that – I think that whole backup quarterback yeah. thing now he's reminding remains, you it's still on. It it's, remains it's, a, a a story. It's a competition probably going on behind the scenes. You think? Like yeah, that's, I that's, do. I, I mean, mean at least after coming off this game, it's like not as big of of a story. I don't. But don't, don't you think, think one Mac, of these games Mac is going to be flipped? Well. One of these weeks yeah, we're well, going to get the inter- we're going to get yeah. the the inactives, yeah. and Zappy's going to be the third, and and Greer's going to be well, just yeah. regular on the roster. Well, the way people are talking about it, especially after the the Saints game. I thought that in Vegas that Greer might be the active as the as the QB two, and then they did the whole Malik Cunningham thing. Well, so what was that again? Yeah, right. Oh, who knows? But wait, can we go back to Trent Brown for yeah, a second? Yeah, I wanted to because I, I want to. Like, I don't know if I I want to have you clarify what because I think Trent Brown is the most misunderstood player on the team. I think he's the most misunderstood player that like fans consistently get wrong about his play because. Every once in a while, like any player, he has a bad rep and it kind of his body language stinks. All right. Like he's he's kind of like just a loafy guy. He's he's that's a good way. He's six foot eight, three hundred and eighty pounds. That's my way. So so sometimes he looks like he's kind of, you know, just loafing around a little bit. All right. But it's not even just PFF like in all their like metrics and grades that I, I think I put out yesterday or the day before, you know, I I've asked people that I trust about offensive line play about this. And like, he's playing right now, like a top 10 left tackle in the NFL. He's one of the best left tackles in the league this year. Like I'm not talking about, you know, last year with all the penalties and things like that is different this year. He's one of the best left tackles in the NFL. And I feel like he gets so much flack yeah. for the fact that the way that he carries himself. Yeah. And, and it's just like you're not watching. Let me let me jump in first, people. Oh, I, I don't really have anything no, to say. Well, I, mean, no, I think people know how I feel. About well, no, what I, what I was going to say is I, I, I think like I'm in the middle. I, I just and I hate being in the middle, but I think like he's a high maintenance player. And it's like, what did you have to do to get him to this point this year to play at this level? You had to tweak his contract a little bit. Exactly. You know, you needed to don't like, take do the those cheese things. is all I would say. So don't take the cheese. Yeah, and I, I don't know if you guys can think of players, um, you know, offhand that are that are yes, they're very very good, but it's a chore to get them to that point consistently, and it's hard to, especially when contract comes up now. You know, like that's what I wanted to get to. Let's talk about the off season. Is you know, he's playing like the best left tackle. What do you have to do to get that out of him for not just like next year, but maybe, I don't know, two or three years? Like, like you so know what I mean? What do you got to give him to now? To me, that's like, and I, I don't disagree with either of you, but I think to me that's like a separate conversation from what I'm trying to get across, right? Oh, like, I, I totally like get what you're trying paying, to get across. Paying he's, him play, l- he's playing well yeah. now, you're yeah, trying to say. Yeah, I, I, yeah fine. Playing, paying him long term for all the reasons that, that – I think Paul is kind of suggesting. I totally agree. Like he's yeah. he's a guy that just like with the Raiders, you know, he got paid and then he let go of the rope. And when he was hurt, he didn't really play. And like you know, it was just that was that. But I I just think that out of all the people that we could p- pick on on a two and five football team, the the fact he wouldn't that, be high on my list. The fact sure. that he gets so much crap is just mind blowing to yeah. me. You're like, right yeah. though, it's Lofi. It is. I, mean, I wouldn't I put him on my list for play this year, but I would say, you know, like again, he's just a pain. Yeah. Like, oh, it's Friday. Oh, I have a chest injury that I got this week. Oh, I'm going to be questionable. I don't know. Trent, we really need you. Oh, okay. 
I'll, I'll, I'll make it. Oh, you know, ankle, like, you know, it's really bothering me or knee, whatever it was. And then, you know, yeah. you got to put the other guy in who clearly is struggling like crazy. He goes out there and gets hurt right away, and you got to put Trent. You know, can we, can, Here's an extra million. Get, to, get back out there. Okay. All right. I guess I'll do And I'm not telling yeah. you that he stinks. Yeah, yeah. I think that's part of the frustration that yeah. comes with me. I don't think he's one of the best tackles in the league. Now, he might be playing like that now. I leave that to no disrespect. You experts. I do. Mm-hmm. I, 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 don't, I don't evaluate every lineman, um, but I, I just don't like the idea of relying on Trent Brown. That's totally Because I think fair. he always will let you down. Yeah. Even, like, he goes to the Raiders. I think that's the only time he ever made a Pro Bowl. Yeah. And then what could he did to them? Like, he just completely mailed it in the next year. Like, yeah. just when you think you got him. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, it's He'll let you down. Such an interesting thing this offseason because you've heard Trent say in the past, like, he loves it here. You know, everything we've said I, I feel like is true. It's an important position. You'd love to be able to say we're going to bring back a guy who had a great year and likes being here and is going to, you know, bring a monstrous presence. But, you know, I – I kind of go to to Trent Williams, like just that fight a couple of weeks ago before the game where it's like he's like the team's enforcer. <laughs> like he's in the midst of everything, you know, and it's like it's hard not to kind of covet that presence at left tackle where it's just and I know that they're hard to find. And it's, you know, and I'm not saying, oh, this is why we should draft one in the top five. But I just feel like, you know, you see what 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 a really engaged, tough, unquestionable, good left tackle can kind of bring. Yeah, he's not a pillar. Like, he's not yeah. somebody that you're going to sign to a long-term contract and make a captain and, and be that sort of left tackle that you're describing. Like, ideally, if they did keep him around, and, of course, it would have to make sense from a financial standpoint, like, he's your, your second best tackle, right? And you're yeah. you're drafting a Joe Alt or the kid from Penn State or something like that, and now he's maybe flipping back to the right side, and he's, you know, kind of – it's not all riding on Trent Brown being – Trent Brown like right now their offensive line is basically riding on the fact that he's going to go out there and give it his all every single week because if he starts letting go of the rope with all the issues that they have in the other spots they're screwed and he gets more you know less help I guess is the better way to put it than pretty much any tackle in the league he's one-on-one on on the backside every single play and it's on him to to make the blocks and he's done a really really good job of it but he's in a contract year it's the same as you know 2018 with with him where he played great uh for them then and i you know i think scar always says about him like trent's about trent like he's if he wants to be great he can be great if he doesn't want to be great it's not going to look good you know and that that's the bottom line and how many times has he brought up well i get to be a free agent you know that was it seems like that was important to him with that contract renegotiation and just so you know i'm not completely heartless and i (laughs) use different you know criteria for different players i've i'm often i i will defend mac right and i'll say it's not fair that you say like well he's not mahomes he's not allen he's not burrow like you know those are the best in the league okay so I would say the same thing about Trent Brown. Okay, Trent Williams is an absolutely elite future Hall of Fame left tackle. So I'm not telling you he's got to be him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right. No. And like I, 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 yeah. I, like tough comparison for me. No, no. I'm, and I'm not example. saying you were comparing him, but like I get Trent Williams. You know, and you know, there's others, but like Trent Williams is one that is on a very high profile team right now. That's as good as anybody in football, and he does it as well, if not better, than everybody else in the league. So. I'm not saying Trent Brown has to be that. Well, our, for our basketball guys, quick email. Uh, just Patrick in Ottawa says, uh, oh, "What do we got?" Brown, uh, both have terrible lo- body language. He equals Embiid. 
Hmm. Well, I, I think it'd be I would better like, at basketball. I was going to say, I would like Trent Brown a lot more Yeah, <laughs> if, he, if he was like equal to Embiid. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel like we've uh, sufficiently. And suddenly, Anthony Munoz is playing oh, left tackle for us. I love him. Uh, we've set the good, table, as Fred likes to say. Uh, let's uh, let's jump over the phones because we got some people hanging on here. Oh, you're going a little early. Fred foot? usually likes to wait till 45. 45? Yeah, I'm just saying. Oh man, just saying. I you didn't have enough ball. to bring to the table. All right. Well, we'll no. get back right. to it. Fred's, we'll get, I, I, Fred's food will be here soon, though. <laughs> Go with Patty. Oh, oh Patty. Oh, he'll call back. Everybody, everybody, you waited too long. All right, we'll blast through these real quick. Uh, hey, Matthew in uh, New Mexico. Hey, Matthew. Hey, guys. How's it going? Um, so we've seen the, the Dolphins line. They're pretty beat up. And um, Christian Bomber and them have been playing pretty good. And it seems like when they're on the road, that's when, like, they get um, – like, I don't know if it's, like, their quick counts or whatever, but they – like, Tua gets, like, all off his rhythm. But um, do you guys think that we can uh, – really do some damage to the line and what is like how many points does the offense have to score do you think for us to win and just one more thing i don't know if evan's there um yeah but like we saw like so much motion last uh, like against the bills and like i guess explain to me like i'm five like why haven't we seen that in the past games is it personnel because pop's been hurt or is it just you know let's just see what works what do you guys think thanks matthew where do we want to start with that um, one? That was a lot of you can you can do your yeah. motion stuff. <laughs> do your first. motion stuff. So actually, uh, you know, I had I, I looked this up because I I thought the same thing from the eye test uh, about the motion, and you know, NextGen says that their motion is has increased by about twenty percent over the last two weeks compared to the first five games of the season. Their their motion at the snap is about the same, but they're they're shifting more plus motioning a little bit more, so that that number gets to that point i think it's two things one i i don't necessarily know if they are motioning more or if they're just motioning better <laughs> if that makes sense and like i think that speaks to using the right guys in motion like now instead of juju going in motion it's pop douglas going in motion or it's kendrick Bourne going in motion or uh, taekwon like you know they're faster receivers and i think it's just been more impactful than some of the you know motions early on in the year you know, when they were running those like three tight end sets, it's Mike Gesicki going in motion. And it's like no defense to Mike Gesicki, but that doesn't have the same impact on the defense as a 4-4 guy like Pop Douglas does when he's coming across the field. So I, I think that that's a, a big part of it is that I don't know if they've necessarily done it at a significantly higher rate more than they have figured out. They've mastered it a little bit more. They're just better at it than maybe they were a couple weeks ago. I also think, you know, in that game last week, uh, it, it helps when you can keep doing that kind of stuff because you're not down by 20 points at halftime, right? So, like, when you're in the game still, you, all that game plan stuff and all those wrinkles and the Bill O'Brien stuff, can you can keep doing it because you're not – the game's not, you know, running away from you. That isn't, like, an underrated part of it. Like, when you're down in the second half by multiple scores – you can't be snapping the ball with like one second on the play clock every play. You gotta get you gotta get some rhythm. So that's if you're gonna do all that motion and ship, you know, pre snap movement, that takes time. And if you're chasing two scores, that's when you get the seventeen play drive that everybody's upset about. You know, yeah. which would have been fine if you were down four and yeah. you took seventeen plays to score and you go ahead. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like some of that stuff I think is also 
game um, script under uh, yeah underrated i just think that's a context point that continually comes up on this show and i think you always do a good job paul of reminding us of it but like how much of we want to extract from a game but but there was a big lead you know and it just totally changes the complexion of the game what teams can do what's on the table what isn't um you know like by the same token i've been th thinking about miami this week it's it's just hard to stop them when they get a lead and everything's working and everything's on the table and it kind of snowballs on you. But, you know, I think you do a good job of, you know, you come out with these stats and it's like, well, yeah, they, they had to throw the ball a lot or for whatever reason, like because they're right. down with 30 points, you yeah, know, like, like those like kind of things. Bill, Bill Belichick and Bill O'Brien didn't want Mac Jones throwing the ball 50 times in like the opener. Yeah. But whatever. I think he threw it 50 times against Philadelphia. He had the most pass attempts in the league through two for weeks. For a while. I think he's yeah. still like fifth. Yeah. Um, so they don't want to do that. And that's why the games that they won, I think they threw like 29 and 30 passes. That's what, that's what they want. Balance. You know, yeah. and, you know, Evan will tell you, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm sure Evan does, like the pressure rate per pass was probably better on Sunday, but probably still kind of high. You know, and I don't have the number in front of me, but it seemed like if they threw the ball 40, 45 times, they probably would have been sacked four times. In, in to my you know in my in my mind eventually Epines is getting there instead of being a half a step slow on the on the backside on that on that play to Hunter Henry as an example um, the other thing that the the caller asked about was Miami's offensive line we should yeah. add yep. Isaiah Wynn was also uh, placed on injury reserve yesterday so that makes Teron Armstead left tackle and Wynn left guard they're both out and they're starting center and their starting center is Connor Williams right yep. He missed the last two games. Yeah, it's going to be Eichenberg again. So he's center. not playing definite? I, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, that's a, I think that's an area that you can exploit. Arm Although Eichenberg yeah. at center hasn't been a disaster. He was a disappointment um, earlier in his Isn't Dolphins it, uh, yeah. career. Yeah, they drafted um, him to play tackle. Right. And, and he hasn't really been able to do that. But I, I think what it comes down to at this Miami game, and I'm going to you know write about this in game plan, is just the Eagles were able to disrupt the timing of the Dolphins offense and I think a lot of people watch that game and just put it all on the pass rush and say oh well the Eagles have a great front and they just got after Tua but I think the bigger thing was is that they disrupted the receivers on the outside Tua is a rhythm-based thrower like he oh, yeah. when he's in rhythm he's as good as anybody if you can throw off the timing of the entire passing game it it, it can really uh you know affect his efficiency and I think the biggest thing was you know those quick throws underneath the defense because the Patriots are playing all this soft zone coverage and they were eight yards off the line of scrimmage on every play were gaining like nine yards a pop. Whereas against the Eagles, they were jamming the receivers at the line and they were playing the two deep safeties behind it to protect the, against the deep balls. But they had the, res, the corners up on the line of scrimmage, jamming Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and disrupting the timing. And now those short throws become later in the down and now you you know you you rally to the football and you make tackles and I think that was the biggest difference that I watched of, of that game was the Patriots didn't even give their front a chance oh three high right like yeah they, just... they didn't even give them a chance to get after the quarterback in week two uh, the Eagles they got up into everybody's face they challenged them at the line of scrimmage and they made to a hold the ball, and that's how they were able to get after him a little bit. I also thought they did a great job of completely taking the run away. Like that yeah. wasn't there was no. like a one drive in the third quarter where Mostert seemed to get it going a little bit, 
But for the most part, in the first half, I think he had negative yardage. And uh, Reddick in particular on the edge was really Beast. disruptive yeah. with his penetration. So I think, you know, back to our guy, Anthony Jennings. Yeah. You know, uh, him and Wise, I think, have been pretty good, you know, edge setting um, in, in recent weeks. Their run defense, I, I think they're number one in the league, the Patriots, in um, yards per carry allowed. I think they lead the league. So I think that was a problem in the first game. It wasn't what, it wasn't the problem, but Mostert ended up with like 120-some-odd yards and, and had the 43-yard touchdown yeah. that kind of put the game away in the fourth quarter. They can't allow that. Yeah, make him one dimensional. He was really uh, he wasn't productive against the Bills in that in that loss either. I just I guess a question I have and I haven't really I don't have an opinion I haven't really researched is just you know is Miami able to run when it's not schematic like when it's not friendly and they're leading and it's a light box and you know what I mean like when no. they have to run and they're no. up against no it, like I I wouldn't like Miami's team? chances protecting a four point lead in the four minute mm-hmm. offense. Yeah, okay. I Let's don't think that's it. the way they're built. Um, they would just make it an 11-point lead. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm saying, like, yeah. we need three first downs. We want to yeah, run the ball three times and get three first yeah, downs yeah, and yeah, end yeah. this game with a kneel right. down. No. That's not their That's not their style. No, yeah. so they, they have gained significantly more yards before contact than any other offense in the league in the running game because they play so many light boxes because yeah. everybody's terrified of the speed on the outside. So they play all these light boxes. And they do a good job schematically. You know, Mike McDaniel is, is really his roots are as a run game coordinator. Yeah, yeah. And he does a great job. I mean, their their schemes in the run game are as exotic and creative as anybody's. And so he creates, you know, really advantageous blocking situations with motion and angles and things like that. And, you know, like, uh, was it Etienne, right? The, the rookie who's not going to play in this game. Right. He... Yeah, which is over twelve yards a carry. Yeah, and he has like forty carries. Yeah, and he and it's all yards before contact, bec- not because it's like all manufactured for him, but because nobody is contacting him through the line of scrimmage, and then he's got four three speed. So once he gets into the secondary, he's just gone. Yeah, and so they don't. You know, Mostert's similar. Like Mostert's not as fast. I don't think he's as explosive a- anymore. At, you know, wear and tear and things like that. But it, it's just. That was a key part of the game early for the Eagles was that they were able to stop the run out of two high shells. If you got to be able to stop the run against this team out of a light box because you can't put the extra guys in the box. Do you think we'll see more of the Patriots what they busted out week two with the three high safeties? Or do you think now you have Jonathan Jones back, didn't have him week two. Do you think, to your point, Evan, you put JC and him down on the line, you try to jam, and then you put you know just two safeties back over them? And, you know, maybe try to muddle the middle of the field a little bit. You don't know who's going to come or who's going to drop out. Uh, might that be something you could see? That's what the Eagles did. I mean, the Eagles got up on these guys' faces. They jammed them at the line of scrimmage. Um, they didn't play a ton of man coverage. It was, it was like, almost all zone. Uh, but when they played man, they play, played a lot of two-man coverage, um, which allows the, the defenders to play inside leverage on the receivers. So that – the. the the two things that Tua loves to do, obviously throw in rhythm, but he throws more in-breaking routes than just about any quarterback in the league, mm-hmm. right? He wants to throw post-crossers, slants, like that's his bread and butter. So what the Eagles did was they put their corners inside shade on the receivers and cut off the middle of the field and said, if you're going to beat us, you're going to beat us out outside. And then they put the safety over the top. So basically all they were giving him were like outbreaking routes into the sideline. And like, if that's how you want to win, 
then like go ahead you know like you know tip your cap if you're able to hit hit those passes and i'd be shocked if they did the same thing yeah. that they did in the first meeting and not because of personnel because i think in some ways personnel is weaker this one because you lose gonzalez yeah but um i just can't imagine that they would give the same look when it wasn't it, that's not generally what they do like they're gonna Something they're gonna for they're, yeah they're gonna do things differently from from one matchup to the next but in particular the way that I think Tua showed them that he didn't have to go to Hill and didn't have to rely on on you know yeah. big big shot plays to to really have an effective night. Now we'll be watching for Waddle today on the injury report. He's a senior. I was going to mention Trump Brown too. I mean, he, we'll, we'll see if he's out there today. He could be another one that that you know might be dealing with something, so that could complicate yeah. it. I mean, that bit. was a big part of that game in week two is you had Vidarian Lowe and Calvin Anderson as your starting tackles, and they just were turnstiles. And every time the Patriots tried to drop back pass, they, they couldn't because Mac was under siege because of the tackles. So if they can get the same offensive line out there that they had last week, uh, then maybe they'll, they'll be a little yeah. bit better. They, they, their longest pass completion against Miami in week two was 14 yards. <laughs> It was like they they had their longest play from scrimmage was an eighteen yard scramble by Mac Jones. They had zero plays over twenty yards against Miami in week two. Like that that's not a winning formula. Looked like Lamar out there. Uh the marvelous. Right, let's jump back to the phones here, Todd in North Carolina. Hey Todd. Hey guys. I was a very long time player or I wish. As a follower since like nineteen seventy three when we first got the games up in Canada. I, I felt really, really disappointed at the start of this year. I was really just kind of choked up, unhappy, and looking for something. Now that we kind of have something, I really want to know, is there any hope of getting some help for the defense? Like, is there any chance that Gonzo can come back or Judon, or is that, no. is that season end? Judon's no, possible. Judon could. Gonzo can't. Yeah, Judon's already been, like, on the sidelines and stuff, so I don't know. He's, he's, so what I would like, mm-hmm. so what I would like them to do, actually, at this trade deadline is actually get the defense some help. I want to see – I'm not saying make the playoffs. I just want to see what they can do. What can they make happen with this, what they've got? Yeah, I know it's not the best, but I really – I don't want them to throw games. I want to see – like, come on, Bill, show us what you got. Come on, guys, let's see what you can do. What, what would you add, Todd? Is, like, what, what, kind of, what position would you be looking corner? at? I think we need a corner, some more well, corner depth. And I don't know what you could get at the He did line. just acquire one, like, two weeks ago. I mean – Been pretty good, too. Not not great. Pretty good. I mean, they did they did trade for J.C. Jackson. But I want speed and capability because I oh, like J.C. But a lot of those will be available, I would imagine. Well, don't, I don't be like don't be. Snarky. I I just I, I don't understand. Like I just don't understand. I don't. I I. You're two and five, and you want to add to the defense. Yeah. Well, I w- I I want. I think the offense is kind of set. Let's see what the the, the offense is the set. Defense. Yeah. Okay. I think most people would disagree with that. I think well, most I people think would say that was the first time in two and a half years that the offense looked like a legitimate offense. Yeah, I don't. Okay. I don't. What would you do for the offense then? Put it that I way. wouldn't do anything. We're two and five. I wouldn't trade anybody, and I wouldn't acquire anybody. I would okay. just. I, I would just continue to work the way we've been talking about with some of the younger guys, or some not even younger guys in some cases less experienced guys um but evan's been banging the drum for for mapu i totally agree with him yeah like get him on the field and get him some experience so these guys can grow together 
Like, Demario Douglas, to me, was a guy who looked like Thanks, he Tom. was making some mental errors early in the year. Let him play through the mental errors and see if they go away. Or if they continue, then he's not a player. Yeah. And you find that out. Yeah. But you can't find that out from the sideline. I'm with you so 110% about just staying pat. Like, let's just keep the team together that they play have. The guys. Play the season out. And I think that that's, you know, the big thing yesterday, well, you know, we, I was excited that they won a game. No, okay, I'm going to be honest I, with you. I was excited that <laughs> no, they won a but game. But I am too. And and let me just inter- – I, I know I'm rude sometimes. If you keep winning, yeah, it's going to prove that you didn't need to do that. Right. Like you have the players that are getting better. Like that's what the goal should be. If you fall short, then okay. You, you can have the offseason where you have your draft and you have a lot of money – to spend and you can fill in some gaps that you feel like you might have like I'm, i didn't mean to no no I, I just i get a little frustrated with the you know we're one and five and who are we going to trade and we're two and five and who are we going to get like yeah. well that's my point with you know yes i think we're all excited that they the way they looked against the bills they won a game that they never win at least in this era of the page it was the most enjoyable game that we've had in a long time. right and that's great but I think what you have to recognize, and I'm talking to myself a little bit here too, is that you have to like, you know, we got to look at the whole body of work. And I don't mean just like at the beginning of the season. I also mean like, let's just play this out and see where we're at in January. And let's get some answers about some of these guys. Like to Paul's point earlier, I think that they have enough offensively that we can determine whether or not it's worth building around Mac Jones or not by the end of this year, especially with Bill O'Brien starting to figure some things out and cooking it up. Like, let's see what it looks like in, in week 17, week 18 and how we feel about it. And then look maybe at Todd's right. And then make maybe an the entire, offense is right. You know, maybe that was an example. I mean, uh, uh, evidence that they, they, they're set. Yeah. They're, they're like Evan, or, or Evan talked about it's going to be slow. Right? Or, or there's just a few pieces away, you know, like maybe uh, like maybe instead of looking at a quarterback in the, yeah. in the first round, they're looking at a tackle or a receiver or something like that. But I think what you have to do, you know, we ride the wave and like we have to do a show today and like, you know, yesterday and the, 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 the topic yesterday was the coming off a win and that's positive. But in general, it's going to be until unfortunately January until you make these like big picture decisions of the direction of the roster and the team and uh, it, head coach included. Yeah. And, and you like got to really need to win four games in a row. Yeah. Like you that you need to get to five and five. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Like, and then if you do that, it's in play. Then, Paul. then you can possibly talk about getting in playoff position. Yep. Yep. Let's, uh, let's grab play. Let's just grab Eldred here uh, before we take a quick break. Hey, Eldred. There it is. Hey, fellas. How y'all doing? Great. Good. Sort of, mm-hmm. I sort of agree with that last talk. Well, not the call, but what Evan and Paul was talking about. But I still say you need a number one receiver. I'm going to always be dead drum, but I got one question. Okay. I know everybody thinks um, Amir Speed would just, he's a rookie, and then he didn't do that much or whatever. But with that size and that speed, uh, I know you probably had to make a roster move, but you couldn't put him on the practice squad or whatever. They, because somebody else grabbed him, right? I don't know what. Yeah, they, they couldn't get him on the practice squad because because someone claimed him. Yep. I think the Colts, right? Yep. Oh, speed. Yeah. They didn't clear yeah. waivers. He didn't clear waivers. He didn't clear waivers. Okay. No, he got he so got that, uh, claimed. That's what I'm saying. You got a young you got a young young guy, got the speed, got the size. Might need some little work, but next year you never know what you might have. Yeah. But Eldred, I I don't think you're going to worry about that one. I think the other kid who's yeah. on IR Bolden, yeah. that was a similar kind of size and skill set, 
I think he showed the ability to do some covering. Yes. Um, in in yeah, training camp, he, Speed didn't he really. Speed no, never really played. Speed never really played cornerback in college. He was just he was a cornerback by position, but he was basically a special team. He was Matthew Slater yeah. in yeah. college. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I, it, I, Bolden, I think. There yeah. could be something there with him. Yeah, yeah. I find it the like what Thanks, I'm interested to see what the Colts are using Amir Speed for. Like special what, teams. like why claim him for a special team spot? I suppose, but we'll see him in Germany, and I, I guess yeah. we'll see what yeah. kind of game day role he has. And it's funny, we we did lose a guy that I would have probably said similar style. I think Kenny Moore. Yeah, no, was, that's a loss. Yeah, you know, that was a loss. And he turned. He's a player. Yeah. He's still he playing. Had, no, but he had a good. Yeah. like he's had yeah. a good career with the Colts. Yeah. yeah, was it like Jonathan Jones beat him out? Like it was almost like yeah. you know, it was somebody. Was it the same year? Might have been. It was. I, 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 I think maybe, that they maybe, were maybe. both. Good job, blogger boy. I, I feel like they were both on the team at the same time. I don't know if they were both rookies yeah. at the same time, Not but sure. I feel like they they had overlapped. A couple yeah, guys. like like yeah. I I know a lot of people look at like probably why he didn't make it. You know, look at Grugier Hill. Come uh Grugier Hill. Yeah, the ones yeah. who got away. That's There's a fine. Yeah, you know what? Nah, fine. He's been, he's Great. Been fine. He's always just been a backup linebacker. He's had a good career. Guy. Yeah. You know? Like, he has made – and I, I'm sure he would have had that good career had he stayed and been a special teamer and done all that stuff. Kenny Moore has been a part of the Colts' secondary yeah. for – Five years, yeah. Impact player, too. you know. Um, so I do think there's a difference between those guy, kinds so of guys. So Kenny but Moore was a 2017 UDFA, so he definitely would have been here with with John Jones. Yeah, I think Joe Jones was 2016. Yeah, so so John Jones was probably here already, and then Kenny Moore was, you know, they're both slot guys, and yeah, he just lost the numbers. Uh, let's just grab this one more, Nick, down in Charlotte before we take a break. Hey, Nick. 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 Are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, yes. we got you. There you are. Sorry. Sorry, I'm from Adelaide, so in Australia, so it's probably a bit of a bad connection. That's all right. What's up? Um, just ringing first time, long time. Uh, just letting you guys know how much I appreciate you guys. And uh, Paul, you're my favorite by far. Um, I don't know if you've touched on this. Uh, Evan, what's the game plan going to be for uh, this weekend offensively? Are they going to bring Parker back? I hope not, but I don't know if you guys have touched on that yet. I just wanted to know. Yeah, we'll get into it. Yeah. Thanks, Nick. Yeah, offensive game plan. Um, I, I, f- I find it interesting, like, whenever you have two guys like Fangio and, and O'Brien, uh, Fan- Vic Fangio, the Dolphins' defensive coordinator, they've both been doing this for so long on their sides of the ball that like it's not really, like, a surprise at who's going to do what. But Fangio in Week 2 actually did some different things against the Patriots, especially up front, and O'Brien actually said as much at, in his press, con- press conference after – on Tuesday, he yeah. said, you know, they did some things that surprised us yeah. in the front mechanics, you know, the defensive line, a lot of slanting and run blitzing and things like that that they weren't expecting. So uh, that's the chess matches. Like, you know, they're going to have to feel it out a little bit, I think, in the first quarter of how exactly the Dolphins are going to declare this game and then and then go from there. Uh, but the Fangio system, you know, they're, they're a split safety defense. And this is what every defense in the NFL is starting to play more and more of, including the Patriots. Um, who are playing man coverage at like the lowest rate they have in like five years. You know, everything is split safety zone. Don't give up the big explosives, you know, fast receivers, great quarterbacks. Like we just don't want to give up big plays. And the, uh, the dolphins are the same way They they're, they're going to keep the top on the defense and uh, they're going to make you check it down and go, uh, go the long way home and all that sort of stuff. And that could be another huge edge. Um, both cornerbacks did not play against the Eagles for Miami, Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey still working his way back. Um, he has started practicing. 
if both of those guys are back and that knocks guys like Eli Apple and uh, what's the guy? Kehu? Kohu? I don't know how to yeah. pronounce his name. Yeah, Cutter you know, Kohu. Yeah, if, if they become like your, your fourth corner instead, like then I think you could maybe do, if you're Vic Fangio, you might feel emboldened because I do think they have good safeties. But the corners. Javon Holland is fantastic. Yeah. He might be the best safety in the league. And uh, uh, what's it? Is it? Kaiser, Deshaun Kaiser has yeah. been playing, uh, which knocks out Brandon. Brandon Jones has been a guy who had said some good games against the Patriots. He's basically not really even a big part of the secondary anymore. Um, I wonder if he never really came back from the injuries um, that he's had. But that's a secondary that when full full strength can be a weapon for them, and they haven't really had that. They have star power on that side of the ball. Yeah. Like, you know, and I know Ramsey's not what he once was, but he's still yeah, a pretty good but, player. But, you know, talk about name brands, you know, guys like Bradley Chubb, Christian Wilkins, Jalen Phillips. Yeah. Like, those are all guys that people know. Like, it's this is not a defense of, of, you know, who's that guy, who's this guy for the most part. So it hasn't really worked yet they're 24th in dvoa they're they're like down to near the bottom of the league in scoring they've given up like 27 points a game their best game was against the patriots by by far uh defensively but um that it's a tough system especially to read out for quarterbacks all right well paul and evan's sandwiches are here so uh we're going to take a quick break uh plenty of good emails though thank you for those we'll get to those in the second hour uh but first halloween is almost here but there's nothing scary about hosting when you shop bob's discount furniture with thousands of highly rated living and dining room styles, you can throw an unforgettable game day monster mash. Happy Halloween from Bob's, the official furniture store of the New England Patriots. Get in on the action with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the New England Patriots. New customers can download the DraftKings app now and play free for millions in prizes using code PATS. That's code PATS only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Isn't it time to get exactly what you want? Welcome to Red Hot Deal Days from Verizon, where you get your pick of our best deals. Like my plan, where you can pick the perks you want and save on every one. For limited time, bring your own phones to a Verizon store and you can get my plan for our best price ever. Get exactly what you want in your phone plan and only pay for what you need. Bring your phones to your Verizon store today and get my plan. These deals won't last. It's your Verizon. And we are back with another edition of the Patriots Unfiltered Halftime Show. Joined by the reoccurring guest, Faith Morell. Welcome, welcome. Um, All right. I'm a little upset because I had some good trivia questions and they didn't get used last time. So guess what? I'm using the same damn ones. All right. And guys, these are for um, any of the past. How many home games have we had? Four? Three? You know, <laughs> these are going to be it's – it's a mystery mystery box. You're gonna mystery. Get, you're going to get one of the old game day posters. And, guys – They're all sick, so. We just beat the Bills. We might be on a little bit of hot streak. So, like, get these posters. They're cool. Limited Absolutely. edition stuff. Um, all right. So let's get into them. Question one. How many touchdown passes did Tom Brady throw to a player wearing the number 88? All right, and there's a bonus in this, so you're gonna get a poster and an unfiltered T-shirt for this one. Whoa! Bonus: Can you name the players that were wearing the number 88? All right, that's the bonus question. Hmm. Question two: How many Super Bowl catches, yards, and touchdowns does Dion Branch have? All right. And question three: Who was the first player to catch an NFL pass from Tom Brady? All right, that was a little bit for no, before my fandom, just a little bit. A little bit. I was a youngin. <laughs> All right. Faith, we had a crazy week seven. Was it seven? Yes. Crazy week seven around the NFL. And so this talk is going to be about what were the biggest 
surprises, you know, upsets, people that balled out. Like what 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 kind of surprised you there, Faith? Well, so I do a weekly podcast called Playmakers Perspective. Like where, and subscribe. Yes, like and subscribe. Um, where I pick a gotta have faith underdog of the week that I think is gonna win. I unfortunately thought that the Chargers had a chance against the Chiefs. Rookie mistake to honestly root against the Chiefs at home with Taylor Swift in the building. Yep. But that was my pick. I was wrong. But there were a lot of other upsets. I mean, g- skipping all the way to the end of the week, the Vikings over yeah. the 49ers. Yeah, the that Vikings kind of looked like how we thought they were going to look all year. I know. I was like, where has this team been the whole season? Um, I thought that game was crazy. I thought Kirk Cousins did what he historically has not been able to do, which is just win those big primetime games like that. It was definitely a situation where you would usually see him kind of fold, and I felt like they really just rose to the occasion. And Jordan Addison? I, I crazy. Mean, I said on the prospect preview, that's the guy I wanted if we didn't get Gonzalez in. I mean, he literally turned an interception like back into a, a touchdown. A house call. One of my fantasy games. Shout out Jordan Addison. <laughs> um, Faith, I'm going to go with, you know, while the Pats had their own upset, <laughs> which we could get into later, my, my game day role has me on the field, so I'm not I'm not watching scores around the league. Yeah, I uh, I run it at halftime. I think you texted me saying, "Bro, the uh, the Lions, yeah, what happened?" Because uh, <laughs> oh, Lamar no. Jackson showed up. It was um, 30, eight 38 to six. to six. Yeah, and those are two division leaders, and I mean, the Ravens just bullied them. I feel like the Ravens like. All of their parts of their offense just clicked at the right time. And then even Dan Campbell after the game was like, we just couldn't beat ourselves. Like, we were just tripping on ourselves. We were letting them win. Like, I think Lamar Jackson just hit his stride. I mean, the first half stats alone, he had three touchdowns, like 250 yards. I mean, I think it was just a crazy showing by him. But I think that's who we've always known Lamar Jackson to be. It's just, like, now things have clicked. And the Lions kind of look the, like a high the, school the, team. The Lions were due for a loss. I think I think they got, they got back. humbled a little yeah, bit. They got it's a big seven. They, they, I was seeing AI images on Twitter of what Detroit will look like if they win a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Looks unbelievable, but you know that's AI. It's not. It's not real. They got to get there. First. Um, I want to get back to uh, the Pats. Yeah, that was wild. That was. Awesome. I thought so. I thought we were gonna get blown out, but I then on the field, you know, the music starts going. It's a sunny day. The silver pants are out, and I'm like, <laughs> it's a good I, day. I feel a little good. Like I felt pretty good, <laughs> yeah. and that was that was the first time. I've seen Josh Allen look human since I've been working here. Yeah. And, I mean, still great I mean, player, still, but, yeah. I mean, oh, my God. Finally, we get your break. That wasn't uh, weather-induced with, <laughs> with yes. the wind. <laughs> no, we were definitely talking in the office about, like, dang it, it's a nice day. Like, that means he's going to be great. Like, there's no, like, weather impacting anything. But, no, I, I felt like I always get hyped during pregame, like, when they run out and everything. Yeah, and future like, starts playing. Right. Yeah, I know. I'm like, <laughs> all right, let's go. And then the game started, and, like, I don't know. When Jabril caught that interception, I was like, oh, wait a second. Like, it's early, but hold on. This looks good. Like, we look okay. Uh, I mean, I, I said I said on the field once the 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 Bills took the lead, I think, at the very oh, yeah. end, I was like, well, Mac hasn't thrown his pick yet. So, oh. as if I hate, he, proved, he shut me up, well, drove down the, the field. It was like the Bills really, like, I felt like when they went up, I was like, okay, they were just letting us have our fun, letting us have our moment. We went up 22 to 10. They gave us our like moral victory, and now they're just going to be the Bills and stomp us. But can you also just say maybe the Bills are a little overrated? I mean, they I got Josh so. Allen, and then you take away Stephon Diggs. Who who else is there? Yeah. Like Knox is okay. Yeah. Cook solid running back, but 
I think honestly, Josh Allen gets a lot. He's he's overrated. I think yeah. now, like he's a phenomenal quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but I think if you look at his stats, like his turnovers, like we just like excuse it. Like with the Bills, it's always like, oh yeah, but oh yeah, oh well, this happened or this circumstance. But it's like, okay, well, you have to be able to win in those circumstances. They should have steamrolled over us in theory, but they didn't. And I feel like that shows holes on their side, but also like re, like put to life my Patriots fandom. Like, when Gusecki scored that touchdown, it was like this breath of fresh air, yeah. and I was like, oh, I'm all in now. Yeah, and <laughs> I'm now, now, now I'm invested. I know. And now if they win one more game, I, I was out. I'm all in. And now I'm all in, and every every loss is going to hurt more. Yeah. I want to get into a couple others. Yeah. Uh, the Bears. Yeah. stomping. I mean. Oh, Mr. What? Tyson. Yeah, I mean, uh, Tyler Bajent. How you say his I name? I have no The idea. D2, D2 baller. Yeah. Doing Killed his it. thing. Um. I, was Hoyer playing though, or was it O'Connell? Honestly, I'm not sure. I doesn't know matter. it <laughs> literally doesn't matter. Um, but I was impressed by the Bears. I felt like, I mean, for him to go out there again, the nobody, like you said, to have to go 21 for 29, 162 yards and a touchdown. And oh, it was Brian Hoyer that was in. He he went 17 for 32 for 129 yards and two interceptions. Couldn't do that against us for a quarter. Huh? Some things never change. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then another, another another crazy thing before we wrap this up is that all the teams that we were kind of tied with fighting for the first pick, they all won. I the know. Giants got a win, yep. which is crazy because they, um, they beat the Commanders. And then also yep. the Broncos got a win, which is pretty surprising because the Packers, they're still sorting out the post-Aaron Rodgers life. Yes, which I think is going to take a good portion of this season, if not all season. Yeah. So you think you think they're going to miss the playoffs entirely? You think they could sort it uh, out? I don't know. I mean, what they're sitting sitting at two and four, um, they could possibly squeeze out a wild card spot, but I don't see them making it past the wild card round if they do make it. So yeah, I don't know. Well, it was a fun week. It was a very Lot, fun. week. It was very fun. Good football around. Solid uh, matchup of games too. Yes. But we got. Week eight coming up. I think we're gonna do another Thursday night preview because those are always nice. fun. Yeah. Um, guys, send your answers into web radio at patriots.com. And guys, just because if the team's not doing too hot, the posters are still cool. The posters are really They're sick. great. They're great. We want to keep this going too. So check it out. Um, send your trivia into web radio at patriots.com and let's get back to the show. When someone accidentally threw away the school play costumes... Oh, no! Replacements were shipped with FedEx. And with picture-proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next. For residential delivery only. And now, great moments in... History. It's a totally different food. I'm talking about boneless buffalo wings as opposed to bone-in buffalo wings. Right. But isn't what's in the chicken finger the same as the boneless buffalo wings? Not necessarily. Yeah. It doesn't taste, doesn't no? ta- it doesn't doesn't taste not, the same. It does not taste the same. It doesn't. Yeah. You can put anything in the boneless stuff. <laughs> you can. It's fake. And I'm not even I'm not even anti because of that, although he's right. Fred's absolutely right. It's not necessarily the same. The bone, I think, gives it more flavor. Yeah. I think it's a better You ever have a bone in steak versus a non-bone-in bone steak? Bone-in filet. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Much more bone in here. Get that bone in. Boner. That's what she said. <laughs> Boner. That's another great moment from... 
Bridgestone Official Tire of the New England Patriots is proud to partner with Sullivan Tire, New England's headquarters for quality Bridgestone tires. Visit SullivanTire.com to find a location near you. Damn, I was so close, Little Paul. stumble. All right, we're back on PP and the Deuce now. Nice. Uh, Evan went out to practice, and uh, we've got some trivia here to, oh, to I, share. I love trivia. Uh, all right. Matt, you should play that uh, great moment more often. That's a good one. Time is a flat circle on PU. We, we somehow always end up talking oh, about absolutely. boneless and bone in buffalo wings every, we can't hear once you, a year. Mr. Producer Boy, learn how to put your microphone on. Unmute. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to talk right now, and it's not working. <laughs> all right, Matt, we'll, we'll get you later. Let's, uh, let's get these trivia answers, though. Uh, all right, Paul, here's the first one. <laughs> He's going to come in and just say it. <laughs> oh, God, look out. Here he comes. He's got pl- to plug something in first. Uh, how many touchdown passes did Tom Brady throw? To a player wearing the number 88. Could you name a few of them? Perhaps. I just interviewed one of Christian them. Christian Foyer. Foyer. Uh, give you some clues. Ready? Uh, children's book. Children's book. What are we doing? The <laughs> password? <laughs> right. Children's, children's book. Children's book. <laughs> uh, a little bit of a wild card. Super Bowl winner. Came through when Gronk was out. Oh, come on. Martellus Bennett. There you go. Uh, tall drink of water from Buffalo. Never really caught on. Scott Chandler. Special teams guy. Had a big touchdown against Miami one year. Tim back, Dwight. Uh, a little later. Maybe like 2009 or so. Mostly special teams. Big guy, though. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, he had a little run there yep. out of nowhere. Right, down the sideline. Why can't I think it? No, he had a few, like, yep. really productive games out of nowhere where he was catching deep balls. Yep. Why can't I not think of his name? Do you want to give you his first name? No. But I totally remember. Uh, give me the initials. S.A. S.A. Sam Aiken. Sam Aiken. Yeah. I totally remember it. Totally. Totally uh, remember. Forgotten Brady from 2007. Oh, Kyle? Kyle Brady. Kyle. Uh, Kate Otten. I don't know any clues for Kate Otten. Uh, Terry Glenn and Matthew Mulligan. So that's oh, eight Kate Otten. total. Who was Kate Otten? Did he play for the Bucks? Yeah. All right. I don't remember him being here. Uh, so the Who we, was the other two? Uh, Terry Glenn and Matthew Mulligan. Terry Glenn I would have gotten. Might want to have a Mulligan. I would not have gotten Matthew Mulligan. Uh, Ezekiel in Charleston, South Carolina. And you are the proud winner of not only a PU shirt, but also a uh, one of the game day art art pieces from last weekend so congratulations there all right here we go number number two how many super bowl catches yards and td tds does Dion branch have that's a lot how many super bowl catches catches yards and tds tutties you had a bunch in uh super bowl, MVP, had super bowl 23 catches oh so close Paul. 22 24 24 that's good what about yardage yardage no idea take a guess 222. Ah, 321. 321? 321. Wow. He was productive. Uh, One touchdown. And Adam, Louisiana, you are the proud winner of a PU t-shirt as well as uh, an art piece from last week's game. Finally, and we've already – no, we haven't mentioned this name yet. Who was the first player to catch an NFL pass from Mr. Tom Brady? Rod Rutledge. There it is. Stevie in Austin, Texas. Four yards. You won that one. Uh, Congratulations to all the winners. And thank you to Matisse and Faith. The, half, the PU halftime show that's uh, really caught on like fire, I've been hearing. I, I hear I, I, I hear good things. I I've never heard, heard the show, however. Because <laughs> we're eating usually at that point. Um, but we're I keep uh, being threatened that I have to 
take part in one of these uh, shows, and then no one ever asked me. No, uh, you know, it's usually fly by the seat of your pants, yeah. and they just well, Teach usually said, "I, you know, I need you, I need you," and I said, "Yeah, just let me know." Yeah, and schedule me. He never lets me know. Send a calendar invite, Matisse. Um, uh, don't do that. <laughs> we'll have enough of those. Uh, a few emails here. They've been coming in all day. We'll try to get to as many uh, as possible here. But uh, let's start with Melvin. Do my, my best Melvin impression. What's up, y'all? That pretty good. Well done. That's pretty good, Melvin. Uh, do you guys not like being the rebound team coming off Miami's past uh, game? Or do you feel more confident that we can exploit those same weaknesses and beat them? I'm not sure we can capitalize off the mistakes anyway, so it doesn't matter. I want to be a negative today because it's fun. Smiley face. That's Melvin. Uh, I don't know, Paul. This is your thing. You're always you always you always ta you always zig when I think you're going to zag on the uh, like. What's your ideal team to play? Like coming off a big overachieving win. Yeah, I I think that the uh, this is not a great spot because I think. It it was a great it's a great spot in the schedule for Miami being in between two you know high profile games with the Eagles on a Sunday night and then the Germany game with the Chiefs next week, but the fact that they played uh, a subpar game I think is not good you know for the underdog, especially at home. Like I just I think playing Miami at right because now you're looking at it and you're saying, well if we don't if we don't come to play they just beat Buffalo and we'd be in danger of losing three in a row. Can't do that. You know, so you're going to have their full attention. I don't always – I think that's conventional wisdom. Yeah. I don't always fall into that. I think Dallas was one earlier in the year that I didn't necessarily think. Um, because they lost to Arizona was a good thing for the Patriots or a bad thing for the Patriots. Now, I think that was more about the Patriots than yeah. Dallas, to be honest with you. I think the Patriots played a really bad game. That's why they got blown out. I just think the start is so important again this week. I know it was my key last week, although the key – the key is still hanging up there from the pregame show, which uh, you guys can't see, but Paul put it up there uh, to taunt us, I feel like, just to let us know that he won it and we did not. Um, but need a good start this weekend. Uh, another another one here, and I, I am going to uh, read this one because Ryan says, hello, Mike and the gang. I put Mike above everyone else because he's my favorite. So there you go, Paul. Some people actually like me too. Uh, great game thanks, to watch on Thanks Sunday. for writing in, Lane. <laughs> <laughs> we talk a lot about what Mac did, both good and bad, whether it be his third down pass to Henry to keep the final drive alive or him running into the backs of his old line. Uh, but one thing I think worth mentioning is something Mac didn't do that has become a pattern for him this season. He did not throw a weak pass across the field into the arms of the defense. Um, <laughs> he wanted to, though. He tried. <laughs> a couple times. Uh, he just said, granted, he, he did throw, throw a couple, he did throw a couple knuckleballs, but we poo-pooed on Mac all season for his irresponsible decision-making under pressure. For better or worse, even if he got sacked for a loss, he didn't throw the ball away yep. for a pick six. That was his best game. So there uh, we go. You know, without question, it was his best game of the year. My fans, they, they have great analysis. Um, this is Jared in Vermont. Dolphins have been kicking our rears for way too long. I give Mike McDaniel a lot of credit. He can run an offense better than anybody, but he is a dork, and they are a front-running team. <laughs> I'd like to see us get a lead on them early and be more physical team, jam our two backs down their chutes, and tee off on their shoddy offensive line. Paul, how do you feel about the – the running game here is, I mean, do they have any chance to get Elliot and Stevenson going to like a level where it's not just picking up what's there, but like pushing the envelope, pushing the issue, getting yards yeah. that aren't there. And you could make an argument that, you know, they got off to a, a, a decent start running the ball the other day. Um, and then they didn't sustain it. And maybe that's why they had a hard time, you know, being consistent on offense. You know, they, they got the early touchdown, but then it was all the way to the fourth quarter before they scored again. A touchdown again so yeah I, I think that they, they need to be better running the ball both guys you can't have 
you can't have guys you know averaging three yards a carry or less. Um, they need to be more consistent. I think you know it was like that one good. I I think that you look at. I've heard a lot of people talk about the the first eight runs were like forty one yards and like, but no one says like well yeah one of them was fourteen, you know like they had a you know a good run early and then they had a bunch of, you know shorter runs. Now what I liked from the running game and which I you know I, I think they were able to get short yardage when they did it. They were able to convert twice, um in the on the goal line, yeah um for touchdowns. So that's the stuff that I think they need to continue to do. I don't expect them to line up and run their way to 220 yards uh, against Miami unless uh, it turns into a blowout and they end up running the ball 40, 45 times, you know, and they're able to play with the lead and, and run the clock out in the second half. Yeah. Another one from Ron and uh, Conway. Good afternoon, everyone. It's weird to see Deuce in Fred's seat. His empty seat makes me nervous, almost like when Belichick wears the red hoodie. Uh, so after the miracle Buffalo win and how badly they toasted Miami, is it possible that the coaches have focused more heavily on the game tape from the Buffalo game and maybe the Eagles game from the other night? Uh, just one last question for Evan. Oh, Evan's not here, so we're going to skip that one. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think they take everything in. I don't think that there's really a um, you know a specific focus on games. I mean, I think you got you have to see how everything kind of went and how everything unfolded. Like, into your point of game context and all those things. I mean, it's. I mean, I looked at that, uh, you know, at the Chargers game where it's, you know, you want to, you get like something in your head of like, oh, well, whenever they get a lead there or whenever they fall behind, they struggle. No, they don't. They, you know, they've been behind. They were you know, behind Carolina and they came back and, you know, had no problem. They went toe to toe with San Diego back and forth and back and forth. They've won a lot of those games. So it's, it's hard. I think you have to take everything in and then figure out just how to get my team to play best. Not, you know, let's try to recreate what another team did with our guys. It seems really hard to do. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I, I think that the that's why like it's so hard to be overly reliant on all the numbers and everything that's why I sort of push back I just think they're a small sample like listen if they can get the lead every game I love their chances you know from playing from up front and that way you can do offense any way you want to do it you can run you can throw you can Whatever do what they is. did on on Sunday and I want to say it was like two-thirds one-third passing on first down because you're doing it when you want to instead of when you have to. Yeah, and they don't know what you're doing either. Yeah, you, right. you know, you have a, a less element of, of predictability. A um, couple questions here in the mailbox um, about Tyquan Thornton, uh, Jack in Ann Arbor. You know, wants to conclude. He's a, how long do we have to wait before we conclude he's a bust? You know, we heard Evan say earlier he he thinks he's a little bit on the outs, maybe not. Um, you know, running the right routes, that kind of stuff. Maybe not on the same page. We've seen some of it. It looked like Mac was upset with him. That's why I said it. I don't. I don't watch the yeah. the all twenty two. I thought Mac frustration. Was, yeah, Mac looked like gave he him was, like one of the, like yeah. I looked like he was looking at him on one of those uh, early plays, and he only played three plays. So I'm just using sort of circumstantial evidence. Yeah, I mean we've had little glimpses of him. You know, they're like catches, like individual catches. I, w- I would um, not really in games. Not in games. I mean in Practice. practices. I've seen it a little bit in practice here and there, but. You know, he had that touchdown, I think, what, last year yeah, where he's kind of in the, the back of the end yeah, zone. Yeah, most but. of the plays that I've seen him make in, in games have been sort of routine. We haven't seen his, like, just the speed, though. You know, like, that's, that's I think, it was probably maybe what the biggest indictment is because you look at him and you know he's not a big guy. You know he's probably going to struggle when there's contact downfield, and that was certainly the case this summer. Like, that was, you know, every time there's, like, a jump ball, he's going to go flying, but – 
I've just never had that moment other than like warm up drills where they run across the field. That drill they did where they had the cones and they had to just sprint, you know, to the 50. I don't, I haven't seen a single game where it was like, whoo, his speed is, is dangerous. Like it's, it's not even put him on the field and let him just stretch the field kind of speed. Yeah. And the other, the other thing is like when they have sent him deep, um, last year mostly, obviously, I think there was only once this year. I think one of the, the Raiders play that was out of bounds. Um, they always seem to send him down the sidelines, and I thought that they really got away from the outside the numbers throws the other day mm-hmm. um, against Buffalo, and I think that worked to their advantage. I think they, they had mostly um, shorter stuff over the middle, and I don't necessarily think that caters to Taekwondo in style. Four snaps is crazy, though. I mean, it does scream like three. Three. Like, what do you – you know, and especially where – I mean, it would appear, and this is what we talked about Rager, I mean, it would appear that – you're going to play somebody on the outside right now. They're more focused on Jalen Rager than they are, you know, putting Taekwon out there for a handful of snaps and trying to see if he can do anything out there. Or at least when I mean, we saw Mac take the shot at him a couple of weeks ago, not even close. I mean, they're trying, it seems like a little bit, but as soon as he messes up, it seems like he's. Yeah. And, you know, to answer the, the big picture question that he said, you know, at what point, you know, I, I he has been banged up. I'd like to see him just sort of enter the season you know, ready to go and see if there's anything there. Now, if you're asking me what I think, I don't I don't have a lot of faith. I don't either. I don't have a lot of faith because I haven't really seen um, any kind of consistent production. But I do think there's some extenuating cir- you know, circumstances starting both seasons on IR and getting a slow start. And it's, it's hard, I think, when you're not an established player. Like, it's one thing if you have, you know, like Justin Jefferson's on IR to start the year and then he – you know, checks in week five and he's Justin Jefferson. Yeah. You know, he's got an established role. So now he's missing four games and he doesn't really have a role when he's out there. So he's getting three snaps. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not trying to give him excuses. I'm just saying it's hard to get hard to get. Some they might be an excuse. And, yeah. And I mean, and he's had that throughout. But it's just it's just such an interesting thing with having watched Harry, who, you know, granted, Harry walking up the stairs out to practice always look like this guy looks like an Adonis. I mean, this is, you know, this is what you want a big NFL receiver to look like. And Thornton just never impressive physically. And you're willing to forgive him that if he's fast, but I just think the physicality is, is hard for him. And you've seen it two years in a row where he's starting on IR, you know, because he's having contact. I mean, I guess the, the injury in Buffalo or in Green Bay, excuse me, wasn't contact. It was laying out, but again, it's just upper body, bone injuries that you know he he can't seem to avoid at this point um another question here from uh, from brandon writing in um i think this is another interesting player we, we haven't really talked about him a lot um hey guys i want to get your thoughts on duggar i live 15 minutes away from where he played in college uh anyways he was one of my favorite players coming into the season i had really high hopes for him uh, why do you think he's been bad lately is he being asked to do something other than what he has done in the past couple of years or do you think having Devin in the back last year helped Duggar ball hawk and as Pepper took Duggar's role this year? I, I mean, I think McCourty has something to do with it for sure, the, the freedom it allowed Duggar. Yeah, I, I do think that um, – like, I don't think he's been – I don't think he played Bad. a great – I don't think he played a great game on Sunday. I think he had a couple of high-profile misses. For some reason, yep. when other guys miss tackles, they're not necessarily credited for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> um I don't think he's been bad. I just don't think he's made as many plays, and I agree with you, Mike. I think it's probably due to McCourty, not because McCourty set him up to make plays, but he's filling that McCourty role more often. Yeah. 
And I think Evan, as Evan said, they're, I mean, they're playing more deep. I mean, he's playing more deep. He's yeah. not going to make as many plays back there. He's never been the rangiest kind of guy in space anyway. That's not his game. They have very little depth. They don't. They haven't played a lot of just like, we're just going to line up and man up and, and do that. And I know that they've played man coverage. But I'm talking about like we we're going to take Christian Gonzalez and just he's going to follow the other team's number one receiver. I don't think they've done that uh, a whole lot, even when Gonzalez was healthy. So I do think that part of the trickle down for that is you, you're bracketing a lot of guys, and yeah. I think that's where he's been. Now that doesn't mean he's played great because I don't think he's been as good as he has in the past. No, he's he just hasn't. I mean, he's usually could count on for some impact plays, and that's I think what what's been missing. But uh. All right, let's jump over to the phones here real quick. Spee, uh, we hear you've been cheating on us. What's going on, buddy? No, nah, I, I just wasn't used to a, a win. And I, was, I <laughs> you didn't know I, who you were calling? You couldn't, wait till, you couldn't wait till Tuesday? <laughs> I, no, I, I had to call somebody. I got wins, questions. <laughs> I was just kind of a uh, little thrown for a loop there, so I, I had to give my sloppy seconds to Andy and Fitzy. Uh, <laughs> um, but, hey, this is, this, is, this is a new A-team here. You guys, so, keeping um, the deuce, baby. We're rolling. That's right. That's right. Um, I, I, this is a good. I had a, I had a nonsense question. It's nonsense uh. because of um, Bill's new contract, so like it's a moot point. But I'm still kind of curious in your thoughts on it. Like, if you had to choose next year, having either Bill come back in his you know current capacity as coach and GM, or having Matt uh, as your starting quarterback, you had to choose one or the other. Which one would it have been? Bill, yeah, I think Bill. the The issue with that is that then you you are accepting that he's going to be continuing to structure your team know, with whatever his broad mo has been. Yep, don't you think? Yeah, it's yeah. not a it's not a great option. No, I I agree. But Bill's, um, Bill's at least done it. Yeah, I feel better about point. Bill Belichick's ability than I do Mac Jones's. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think uh, Evan would have said to that? Don't you think Evan? I think yeah. my guess was that Matt. Evan was going to say. I think Evan I would say Matt. Matt. Matt back with a, get, get me a young. Yeah. You know. You know. Okay. Yeah. I think I think that is what Evan would say. We'll find out in a second here when he comes back, but when he returns from practice, I, don't sing it. That's the only stupid thing I have. That's for you I got. Thank you don't. You, you sure? Much. Yeah. I don't want you to keep anything in the in the barrel well, there. Okay. Uh, okay, I, got, I, got I don't want you to feel unfulfilled here. in any way in this relationship. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be. I'm going to Paris, um, and uh, uh, and so I'll be there starting this Monday. <laughs> so if there's anybody in Paris who wants to go out and get wine or beer or do whatever you do there, I'll be in the second arrondissement. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Speed Man. Safe, safe travels and uh, yeah, avoid those Thank other you. shows. Thanks, buddy. All right. And, Avoid uh, those other shows. <laughs> right on cue, Evan's back. Evan has returned from practice. Evan has returned from practice. Yeah, Evan has returned from practice. What was the mood? Who wasn't there? What did he see? All right, Evan, welcome back from practice. Hello, hello. What, uh, what, what, what's hello, going hello. on out there on the practice field? So today? I'm really uh, upset that Boss Man isn't here today. Oh, no, don't worry. Oh. I'll, I'll do my best. Because There's a lot to talk about in regards to the mood. I can just tell this, by his face. I'm really upset he's not here because this was a unique practice oh. schedule for the media. Okay, okay. I In my time covering the team, I, I can't recall them ever letting us go into practice leave practice and then come back to practice oh because they had some secret stuff they had, that they had to they do had a walk some, through time they had a secret thing they were doing and that was planned planned because sometimes they kick us out before they're supposed to and then they bring no, us no, back no, oh, no, no. No, but this no. sounds like a plan this is different it was planned and uh the uh, the grousing the grousing <laughs> about about the plan 
was that they were probably walking through with the starting offensive line and they did not want uh. us reporting on who was where. So that would be my guess, especially based off of what we've seen in the past of the, the way things go, you know, the structure of things uh, from the most part. But uh, on an attendance basis, Keon White was the only player absent ah, from practice. Arg. So he remains in concussion protocol. So every you know everybody that came uh, banged up in the game, Trent Brown out yeah. there, you know, uh, those all those guys out there, and uh, Juju still out there, even though he wasn't active in the game on Sunday. And uh, yeah, uh, just uh, just Keon, but a little bit of different changeup. Yeah. What would you say the mood was? <laughs> Well, to get it. Uh, the, it was uh, pretty hot out there, oh. so that that's good though because they're going to be hot on Sunday. That's so good. it's good preparation. And uh, like I said, it was a little odd the way that we were kicked out and then brought back in for maybe like two minutes. Like it was, you know, the the, the third period or whatever it was you want to like call. A walkthrough porch, like they did, like the stupid little just warm ups, yeah. and then they did a walkthrough. They did probably st- that you were out for right. They did stretching. stretching. No, we did stretching first. Then I'm assuming they did a walkthrough, and then they brought us back for positional drills. Yeah. So when they broke up from the walkthrough is when I we gotcha. got to come back in yeah, and watch a little bit longer. That makes sense. Yep. Unless they have Malik Cunningham back. <laughs> <laughs> Will he have a locker later today? We'll find out. We'll find out. We'll report. Um, Mysteries. Real quick, yeah. we, we had a call asking to choose Spee uh, between, if you had to just pick one, Bill or Mac for next year, who would you take? Oh. Um, I, know. I know. I know. That's the proper answer. Yeah. I oh, I probably lean towards Bill. Oh, simply because it was a curveball. The resume's there, right? Yeah. Like you well, know, that's, like, that's what I felt. I like. think uh, that's you, you have to kind of lean on the fact that Bill has accomplished fifty times more in the NFL at his job than Mac Jones has ever accomplished in his. But that's a tough one, yeah. especially if Mac Jones keeps playing like he did on Sunday, and you look at it and you're like, well. It's kind of the architecture of the offense and not necessarily the, the guy driving the car, and, and that's the, your big takeaway. Then you kind of look at Bill the GM as more the problem in that equation. But, yeah, I, I think I got to go with, with Bill for the resume. Yeah, I think Mike and I both uh, sort of assigned you that you would pick Mac. Acknowledging because all of your, everything because you Because of your, you know, your, your <laughs> Bill animosity. <laughs> that's true. Sniff. That's true. <laughs> well, speaking of Bill uh, animosity, we've got uh, an email from our friend Deep here who uh, always brings it with the emails, and he always uh, sparks some good discussion. So, Deep, thank you for your email. Uh, Big Kahunas, that's I, that's our name, I guess. Uh, since the beginning of the season, with every game where the team is offensive woes, the one through line I've heard from this forum is how it's Belichick's fault. He did not construct the right roster. He has not supported Mac. He intentionally shortchanged the offensive line. The game has passed him by. True, and he true, is, and, and he true. just isn't a good offensive mind. Now, with a somewhat decent offensive showing, as Evan said on Tuesday, Billy O should take a bow at the 50-yard line. It has to be the easiest to play or coordinate or play in or coordinate the offense for the New England Patriots in 2023. Heads you win, tails Belichick loses. Uh, want to respectively remind you that you're what you are doing now. That you are doing now what the media did in 2019 to 2020, like driving the best NFL player of all time out of town. Now you can't wait to put the top three, one of the top three best coaches of all time, out to pasture. Be careful of this wish, as it may just come true. And also, much to Deuce's chagrin, I maintain my notion 
From last month's email that you graciously read before the Dallas and New Orleans games, Mac Jones Collins. is a below-average quarterback and the main cause of the past issues. Time will tell who is right. Um, by the way, it would be a dream to watch all 22 with Evan, as he promised last month. That's from <laughs> Deep. Based off the emails, it sounds like he hates us. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a little surprised. Uh, with the Bill O'Brien thing, I, I guess maybe I, I think I'm, I'm understanding him correctly, but our issues, or my issues, I shouldn't speak for you guys, my issues with Bill is about his personnel decisions. So giving Bill O'Brien credit for turning water into wine is me telling you that Bill O'Brien did his job well and made this S sandwich into like some yeah. the Jersey Mike's number seven, right? Like that's what that's it what makes I'm, perfect sense, right? So I don't understand like how that's like you know kind of he's way he phrased it made it sound like we were contradicting ourselves, but really what I'm telling you is that Bill O'Brien constructed that like he like i really feel like he created an offensive game plan that they could execute and that they could score 29 points with and that was all him and the offensive personnel was kind of just along for the ride for a lot of it now what i would say is if that offense that they had uh on sunday uh improves as the year goes on and gets better and better and that's you know that those miserable games of the early part of the season become a, a distant memory then I would say Bill Belichick deserves more credit than we've given him for giving the pieces, you know, better pieces than we gave him credit for. Because, yes, I agree with everything Evan just said. I think they're limited offensively. And Bill O'Brien, it took him seven, you know, seven weeks to, to find some options that he could figure out how to, you know, best move the ball. That is not easy. So I think Bill O'Brien does deserve credit over Bill Belichick on Sunday. But if it becomes that's the norm, then we look at it and say, oh, maybe Belichick said, I knew I, I, I knew these pieces could work. And I, you know, Deep has the, the opinion of the quarterback that I probably share. I don't necessarily blame either one of them as much as I do. I don't think the quarterback is good enough. Yeah. Now, again, Sunday he was more than good enough. So if that becomes the norm then I, I, I'd be uh, willing to give Mac Jones more credit too. But even to that point, if you're saying that Mac Jones is not very good and they scored 29 points against the Bills and won the game in right. the last second, then again, it's Bill O'Brien. That's why Bill O'Brien <laughs> gets the credit. Right. Yes. <laughs> so. But if, th- if this is what they become on a regular basis, then I'm right. like, oh, he's better. O'Brien's doing a great job with what Belichick gave him, and Mac Jones is a better quarterback than I get. It's, to me, it's – you know, you got to fall. Yeah, you got to fall over each other to see who who gets the credit. Yep. Everybody get you get the credit. <laughs> I want when they're twelve and five, right, Paul? <laughs> twelve and five is in play. In Fred play. told me right after the Buffalo game. Let's go. Twelve and five is in play. Uh, he knew. Little fun one here from Ryan. Uh, hey guys, so besides Tom Brady, who is the Patriots player that left in free agency and broke your heart? Like a young heart, or yeah. like more Cur- Curtis Martin would be the only oh, one that I could have, yeah. but like. Yeah. I think Evan answers the question. Like anybody that left here while I've been working here wouldn't have broke. You know what I mean? Like I like all the players. There's a very small group of players over the 20 plus years that I haven't liked. So almost, yeah. almost all of them across the board I liked. So I never liked to see anybody leave. I remember having a great talk with Daniel Graham after his last game, thinking he's probably not going to be back. You know, I really liked him. Yeah, I went to but does it, does it break my heart? No. No. You know, and Brady didn't break my heart. You know, oh. truth. Like it just. How do you feel about Drew? I mean, that felt inevitable, probably at that point. Had to. It was a no-brainer move. Were had you, to happen. Were you surprised he went to Buffalo? No. No. 
no. be glad you still got to see. I, two I think that Bill Belichick is smart, and in, in, in you get it, the best deal that you can get, and that was a first round pick. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I would say young young Evan Adam Vinatieri going to the Colts was was tough. That was tough because I I wasn't like quite old enough yet to really understand like the the reasoning. Like so it made no sense to me. You know, like why the greatest kicker of all time and you're just letting him walk out the door and it just that part of it didn't make any sense and if i remember correctly it was him and johnny damon left like very similar time frames so that mm. was that was a tough a tough couple especially of, to rivals like, right because didn't damon go to the yankees yeah. and adam went to the to the colts yeah that was a tough kind of two-step there yeah that's sure. a good one that's a good yeah. one any bruins any bruins that left uh not that I can think of off the top of my head. Like Joe Thornton, his time was was done. You know, I I don't think that one. Was I was bu- I was bummed on Thornton, but again, as an adult, it's different. Yeah, yeah. You know? like your favorite player leaving. Uh, Kai from Hawaii writes in a little bit about Mac. Uh, Mac had his best career win on Sunday. Before Sunday, I was convinced Mac could not play quarterback at the pro level, and that he would be at best a Hoyer level backup. Now I'm not so sure. From here, I think there are three ways the rest of Max's season could go. He regresses completely. We look back at the Bills game as a minor blip, and we're certain at the end of the season that he's not the future. Two, he continues playing at the level we saw Sunday. He keeps playing with confidence and is no longer stymied by the 30-point barrier. We're certain at the end of the season that he is the future. Third, he has, become, he has some good games and some bad games. He's able to play from ahead and beat up on bad teams, but struggles to come back from a deficit and doesn't show the ability to put the team on his back. His future remains uncertain. Obviously, I think three is most likely. So questions, do you all agree that three is most likely? And how many more games like Sunday would you need to see to feel confident that we got a guy? I think three is the most likely. Yeah. Three more games, like more wins? No. No, no. Oh. Three, no. Number three Number three is in. <laughs> when hosts aren't listening. He's going to kind of continue to be up and down. And, oh, you know, like oh, what, oh, what oh. Mac is. Like was Sunday, we're going to look back at Sunday as a blip, and he's yeah. he's more of a, you know just sort of a yeah. – yeah. Or was Sunday the launching point? He's going to be great, and you know, or three probably a little up and down. And so I, I would say that it, they don't have whether he's capable of it or not. I don't think as an offense they have the ability to be great every single week. Like it, just the whole thing. I don't think. But I would like to think that at the very least he won't be losing you games like he did against Dallas and New Orleans where he's turning the ball over like crazy and things like that. So if you tell me over the course of the next, was it nine games that they have left, 10 games that they have left, uh, if he's like just a game manager in seven of them and maybe he's like better than that in a couple, then I still think that that could be good enough. But, you know, it just is a matter of how it looks, you know, from an optic standpoint. Uh, let's get grab another one here. Um, Bill, it's always aggressive when somebody just, like, forwards you an email they already sent because, like, you missed it or you didn't read it and they just <laughs> they forward it to you. Oh, um, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You strenuously object. <laughs> I get it. Uh, but Bill in Vista, California says, if the team beats Miami, we're 3-5, and 2-1 and one in the division. Would you say the chances of us be, being buyers are more likely? Do you think there's any chance that there's anything going to happen? In the, in the uh, they'd be three and week? one in the division. By three the way, and one in they, the division if they beat Miami. Miami, Buffalo, and the Jets. They beat all three. Um, yeah, I'm not overly worried about the division record because um, I don't really think they're going to be in the race for the division. But could help you beat out one of the division teams for a wild card. Yeah, yeah. If there you, you go. Get, if you can get within he's, three games, he's starting to believe. 
He's starting to believe a little you bit. You get him around. You get him around. I, 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 can I just a quick soapbox moment about the trade deadline? Please, the floor is yours. <laughs> the, the, this, this isn't baseball. Like you, like the buyers and sellers thing. Like in the NFL, yes, they are starting to trade more in the NFL. That that's a hundred percent a fact. There is more trades going on now than there were ten years ago in the NFL. We are still not at the point yet. I don't think, and we'll see. Maybe on Halloween there's 15 trades and it's craziness, but we're still not at the point yet, I don't think, where it's like other sports like baseball and basketball where the trade deadline is this like monumental trade day where all these guys are being moved and big names are being moved like it just it hasn't worked out that way the big trades really have happened in the offseason if they happen at all right like guys like Tyree Kill AJ Brown you know Jalen Ramsey like those guys get traded in the offseason they don't get traded midway through the year most of the time so I, I feel like oh, this is not like to the emailer this is just in general because I hear it on all these everywhere that this the buyers or sellers buyers or sellers like that in what world is that how the nfl trade deadline works like because most of the time nothing happens or yeah. if it's something it's like little trades here and there of, of back end of the roster guys i love trades in hockey it's a it's a totally different thing like as you're coming down the stretch and you need somebody and then you just kind of get this hired gun that's probably only going to be there for the cup run but it's just like it's kind of happened so often that you almost expect it. It's like, you know, when someone comes into a football team now, you're like, well, we got to teach them the offense. We got to. The Bruins moves got, last year. Yeah. I'm, great. Those are great deadline just, moves. It's, it's, it's fun and right. it's work, part of it. It's not, you know, in, like. In hindsight, they weren't so great. Uh, well, I think I they were great moves just because they got knocked out in the first round. Well, Doesn't mean it was it because also, of Orlov. It, also, Orlov. it also put them in cap jail. So. But, hey, but they're, they're this, is not, this is not Bruins unfiltered. They're no, five and up. But I would just say, like, the, the, the main difference to me and you guys have touched on it it's like football's different like yeah. you can't you need time you can't just i mean you can't say that football is this super complicated sport that's so reliant on game planning and everything and then just say you can just plop a guy in and you know nothing you know nothing is affected um you know at, at some positions you can do that sure but for a lot of them it's system reliant you need to figure out if the guy can perform in your system and the other part of it is like in baseball, you're trading for prospects. And I understand you could say, well, draft picks are pros- prospects, but they're not like they're trading for guys who you've already seen playing at the professional level who have shown a, a modicum of ability mm-hmm. as opposed to a fifth round pick. You know, like it's not the same. Yeah. So I do think there'll be some trades. I think teams will continue to try to dump salary at the trade deadline, the teams that are out of it. But I agree with Evan. I don't think it's like. The other three sports. I think all three of the other sports are different than football in regard to the trade deadline. Yeah, I, I, like J.C. Jackson's a good example of like that one just made. He's been here. He succeeded here. It's a case by case, right? Thing. And yeah. it's like you're not learning a new system. You're not like going to a totally new team and all that type of stuff. But that's such a specific case that that just doesn't happen in the grand scheme of things all that often where it's like a player like that that's you know you're really just kind of plugging and playing him in because you know that he knows everything that he needs to know it's just a unique situation i got one here from brandon in maine a little a little game uh more like a would you rather game nice Uh, i fully acknowledge that i'm not a mac fan that he is i believe a mediocre at best qb and it would be in our best interest to move on from him as a third-year QB, I think the uncertainty around him puts the Patriots in a difficult position, and I began to think about how our situation compares to the situation of other teams in the NFL. From there, I did my own little would-you-rather game in my head, and now I share it with you. I did not consider 
including the QBs that I think are definitely better than Mac. Allen, Tua, Burrow, Lamar, Mahomes, Herbert, Goff, Hertz, and Stafford. I think there are more, but I think everyone can agree on those nine. So would you rather have Patriots' current QB situation, third-year Mac on a rookie contract, or any of the below? Oh, boy. This is going to be a long list. Titans' Tannehill. No. Broncos' Wilson. No. Uh, not in that contract, no. Browns' Watson. No. Not in that contract. Raiders' Jimmy G. No. Everybody's favorite. Kirk, Probably not. Kirk Cousins. Yes. <laughs> uh, Baker Mayfield. No. Derek. Mm. Yeah, thinking about it, maybe. Same. Yeah. Uh, Carr. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Gino. Gino Smith. No. I would rather Gino. Then he's got a few rookie contract groups. Um, this would probably be a little bit tougher. Pickett? No. Stroud? Same thing. Yeah. Yes. Stroud, yes. Richardson? Yeah. Yes. No. No. Fields? Yes. 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 Uh, I, I don't know. That one's tough. I'm going to say yes, though. L- Lawrence, yes. Howell? No. Yeah. I don't think so. Love? He no. looks He looks good at standing there. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't like Love. <laughs> Bryce no. Young? You don't even yes. like Love? I, would, I don't like Love. I would take Bryce Young. Ritter? No. Who's a good? Now this uh, one. Is, no, not Desmond Ritter. No. Purdy. Yes. Purdy Evan. He stinks. <laughs> I'll, I'll answer for him. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the rundown. Brock Purdy and Matt yeah. Jones are you know Spider-Man <laughs> I, meme status. I think. Like, vir- I, I think virtually every one of those guys, beyond the obvious ones. Eh. You could flip. tell me, oh, sure, I'll take him over him. Oh, today, oh, I'll take him over. Yeah. You know, like Pickett. Yeah. I don't know. Eh, two gloves. I don't know about Baker that. Baker Mayfield. No, uh, the only know. guy that uh, – only two guys on the, the list besides the obvious ones were Trevor uh, Lawrence, obviously, and I would take Kirk Cousins. But uh, other than that, I feel like that – That's And that's where – I think, I think the rest of it is the flip. Certainly yeah. with the all the older dudes that have been around, like I just that's what I don't really care to pursue this offseason. Like if it's gonna be Mac, just roll with Mac. I don't need to go to Jimmy G. I don't you know what I mean? Like those guys, I just don't feel like it's it's we know what they are. And even though Mac is we kinda pretty much I feel like know what Mac is for the most part, especially when he's just scratching the surface right now. Like there maybe maybe there's something we have a little bit of optimism on him, or maybe you can, you know, talk yourself into believing that, that Mac's gonna, you know, all of a sudden really build off of this last win, but I don't know. I just none of those none of those veteran quarterbacks appeal to me in any way like if mac bring back mac if he stinks get another pick keep pursuing the quarterback position regardless and you know figure it out figure it out as they say hard words are mike do so <laughs> um there's one uh oh here's a theory from dylan in nashville the reason bill won't sign players to big contracts is because he needs to be the big highest paid person in the room I think he would be the highest paid room person in the room uh, pretty much regardless, unless we're talking about like Mahomes. Yeah. Like a quarterback, you know, I mean, Tyree kills making 30 million a year. So I, I guess you know, that'll be when he retires those types of guys. But like really the only one that's going to be way over bill would be a quarterback. When, when Matt gets his Daniel Jones deal, that's when, that's when bill <laughs> see, says, that's, I'm out. see that's, and that's the, I don't think he mentioned, too. I don't think Daniel, I don't remember Daniel Jones on that list, but. Could, um, you, could you see them just get to the point and saying, nope, no? Yeah, like, I could absolutely see it. This time next year, they've decided we're not giving him that. So, so, oh, no, I, the, the 50th I thing is different. But. So I've always thought that the best way to go about it, unless he 100% proves that he's one way or the other, that he's not it or it, they have the fifth-year option, and they also have the franchise tag. So 
technically, it's a lot of Keep kicking the can down yeah. the road. Yeah, I don't think they would use the franchise tag. I think that's too much. Too much. It's too much. Yeah, I, I think that doesn't mean it's right. true. <laughs> I just think it's like it's too much in terms of that one year. I agree. Yeah. But at the same time, you're not giving him that ninety million guaranteed. Now you're only giving him thirty five million guaranteed, and that that number is yeah, just I is don't different. think, and maybe they'll surprise me. I don't think they're comfortable with that unless they know for sure. Yeah. Uh, Greg in Florida says, you never answer my emails or discuss them, but I won't give up. Get rid of Mac. All right, there you go. That's it? That's the whole <laughs> we, we got him. We got our guy. That's why we don't read them. Tell you, some, of the, some of the emails today have gotten me to be uh, pro-Mac, and I am not generally in that camp. Yeah. I uh, feel like there's – I just feel like there's too much. You know, it's like it's too negative on him. The, the pro-Mac people came out of the woodwork after Sunday. <laughs> oh, the Blah Police? And so yeah. now the anti-Mac people have <laughs> to they're, – they're fighting – Empire Strikes Back. You yeah, know, the, like the, now the Blah Police had a, good, had a good Monday. Dan Orlovsky. Oh, my God. What an embarrassment that was. Oh, I didn't see it. Really? What was oh, he going on? Was he on right. the uh, – peacocking a little bit about Mac? He or? shows yeah. the, the, a highlight of the, the touchdown pass to Gasicki, and he goes, pea shooter. Like, that's – like that's the play that you use to say like no he has a good arm what like I have nothing but accolades for Mac Jones Sunday that's the play you're choosing to say oh no 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 you're wrong Rex he has a good arm look yeah, right. look at the, look at how look, he floats this he, ball like, over the safety right. under the goalpost <laughs> uh, like great play yeah. won the game I'm not criticizing at all but that's an example of arm strength well there's two throws too that like the obviously the third down one to Hunter Henry and then I think Which this, also floated I I, I Okay. I mean, it was I, a per- I it was, again, it, Evan. Yeah. Don't misunderstand me. Yeah. It was a perfect throw. Yeah. Under tremendously tough circumstances, but it's not an example of, man, he rifled that one in there. I thought like, the, the that's one, what yeah. Rex Ryan's yeah. beef is with him is that he's a pea shooter. Yeah, I think the one to to Douglas too up the seam. That was a better throw. That was that had a little bit more more gusto what on was, it. I'm picturing one, and I can't remember what it was, but he threw it to the left i feel like they were in the red zone and he threw, and it was like this close to getting picked off I'm, I'm forgetting what throw it was but there was there was one where he threw one the one that the he threw to douglas thing. but it was it was a dpi so maybe that made it look worse yeah, but that one that looked a, it. It, when rex talks about arm talent like at least the what times that i've listened to him and like can stomach it for a, a minute because he just pissed me off but when he talks about arm talent I th- he's mostly talking about throws outside the numbers like I don't think that he feels like Mac can't make the Hunter Henry throw you know like it, it, where he can just drive it 14 15 yards into the middle of the field I think Rex is is more talking about like can he throw a deep out from the far hash like with you know without a perfect pocket and all you know everything around him and i i can't disagree with him on that like he doesn't necessarily have that kind of arm talent and i also you know rex also talks about like off platform which we all know is is very valid but in terms of like throwing it into the middle of the field as long as it's you know he's not under a ton of pressure i i think that he has enough to to make those types of throws all right patty and aguam see you had to jump off that's all right patty you made me look bad but that's fine uh, my question is regarding the game on Sunday, more specifically the Patriots' history in Miami. Uh, for the most part, they played dreadful down there. Give me more than one reason to be optimistic. I mean, we talked about it. I mean, it's always tough playing down there no matter what you had or didn't have. And, 
even some of the best Patriots teams lost down there. It's um, and that's like, and I just think they're this team is good at home too. Generally, like uh, yeah. aside from the history, all that's true. The yeah. the best thing I would say that the Patriots have going for them is Miami is really beat to, to hell. They have a lot of injuries to key players. They are. Um they were on a record-breaking pace offensively for the first, like, four or five weeks until that Bills game. They had the most yards, I think, in league history through, like, three or four games. Mm-hmm. And now they have definitely, you know, come back down to earth a little bit. But I I do wonder from that Eagles game, as good as the Eagles game plan was and as well as, well as I think they played defensively, there were some fluky things that happened oh, in that game. You know, um, Tyree Kill gets one touchdown called back from a holding penalty. He drops he dropped another, another one. one. And then uh, was it Cedric Wilson that got mauled on the sideline? And they face, didn't, face mask yeah. on, on a fourth down play. Yeah, they didn't call it. Yeah, uh, there was know, a lot of different things. They, yeah. uh, they also had a, um, a third down stop that was overturned with a ridiculously soft roughing the passer. Um, so there were a lot of – I mean, ten penalties to zero. Yeah. Ten to, to zero. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen that. No. I refed a game once, a youth hockey game, and I think it was four to zero. And the coach was apoplectic, and he was walking off after the game like he was so mad at me. And he's just holding up like four to zero, four to zero. And I didn't think it sounded that bad. I'm like four, what? Like you guys are tripping, guys. Like what do you want me to do? Like I don't know. Anyway, yeah. I, I just tales from Deuce's ref. I just don't know if ten to zero is yeah. A lot. And, and if you Redneck saw the us? game and you see like there's a key fourth down in a 17-17 game or a 24-17 game or something like that. Like, people think they got blown out. They didn't really get blown out of the game. It, it ended with Philadelphia just sort of imposing its will on mm-hmm. Miami. Like, the last drive, they're just running the clock out up 14, and they're running tush pushes, at, you know, yeah. like at, on every fourth oh, and down, the, and just, they couldn't the stop Dolphins it. The Dolphins media were losing their mind. You know? They banned the tush push. And did you guys see something, I think, today about um, – I, I think it might have been Jim Ursay or something, somebody talking about the, the, the ref call. league call and the ref yeah, calls, yeah, and they yeah, mentioned gonna it. Yeah, get a fine for that. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? That's like a well. A the Colts, the Colts, really got screwed. So yeah, it? yeah, they do that every week where they they talk about the they grade the officiating and they talk about some of the the missed calls and it's uh I think it's like collectively bargained that it's it's you basically sign an NDA to be on the call like yeah you don't talk about it I think that that's something you know they do the pool if we request request a pool reporter to go in and talk to the refs then they, you have that option, I believe, is how it works. And usually, like last year, for example, on Thanksgiving with the Hunter Henry play, uh, usually it's it's Reese that get, that that goes and asks the questions for on behalf of, of everybody. <laughs> but in general, I, I do think that there needs to be more transparency about the refereeing, especially late in games, if there are questionable calls. And, uh, you know, the NBA does like the last two minute report where they come out with the last two minutes of the fourth quarter. They have a report of what we got wrong and what we got right and what we missed, what we didn't miss, you know, that sort of thing. And Mike, I, the I NBA wish... is a league where they play basketball. That's with the hoop and the you yes. shoot the ball in the hoop. Okay, go ahead, Evan. This, they, they start tonight, by the way. Celtics. Oh, yeah? Go Seas. Oh, yeah? Are yeah. they going to have a quality team this year? They are going to be pretty <laughs> darn good. <laughs> Some in the Celtics media have suggested 70 wins in a 16-1 record in the playoffs. Okay. I mean, some people might they say They give that. them that one, they're like, oh, they'll lose one. All I know is that tonight, 
is uh, Bradley Amos's Knicks against uh, my Celtics. So this is a big game for right, us. Yeah, see, the Celtics top. Amos, yeah, the Celtics um, top yeah. Amos has something he likes, huh? There's something yeah. out there that he likes. Can you believe that? <laughs> it's a, That's what I was saying. It's a big game, and if I have to go to Miami on the plane with Amos for four hours <laughs> and listen to him talk about how the Knicks beat the Celtics, I'm going to be really miserable. Well, so. this would be the time of the year that the Knicks would beat the Celtics. I yeah. wouldn't worry about it. Yeah. All right, I got to get Claire a question in here. Uh, hi, everyone. Hi, Hello, Claire. Nice job hosting, Deuce. Thanks, Claire. Appreciate it. Uh, genuine question, though. As Patriots fans, how would you feel if these three tight end sets are the future of the offense under Bill O'Brien? Uh, three tight end no. sets? No, thank no, you. No, no, no. Claire, you're getting crazy on the tight ends, girl. Yeah. Just like three they, of them. <laughs> they did that in the Miami game. Remember, they came out with three tight ends and they went first, empty yeah. out of three tight ends. And I'm just like, they went with the long game to set up the Federal Brown <laughs> right, touchdown right. against the Jets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did we set up against the Bills for this weekend? And uh, and then against uh, the Bills, uh, they actually put their fast guys on the field. And what do you know? They score a season high 29 points. So uh, there, I what I did like about how they used their tight ends against Buffalo, that they, they ran a lot of 12. And I think some of it was because of Hunter Henry's been banged up, yeah. So his yeah. his role kind of was reduced a little bit, but they had uh, they ran twelve with Pharaoh Brown and Gasicki in the twelve package, and like Pharaoh Brown was like your traditional inline tight end, and Gasicki was the detached receiver, and it allowed you know Pharaoh Brown should he should get his opportunities to block a little bit, like I that that helps them in general if he gets some pass blocking opportunities, whether it's just chipping and then releasing or it's actually staying in and like an extra protector. Uh, I like when they do that, and and it still allows them to have a pass catching tight end in the game with Gasicki. But three tight ends, we like please let let's get some guys that can run on the field thank you i I, uh well we saw um a friend of the program jordan reed uh, put out his first mock draft of the year and uh, and he has the patriots going with brock bowers there claire so get some get some brock bowers in your life and and start getting excited for that Uh, i'm sure she's dreading the offseason where the patriots have no tight ends under contract um I'm not. Tyler Never from G- No, it's a chance to hit the reset. I, I mean, I would Someone be will play tight end. Yeah, I don't know. Farrell Brown would be available. Um, <laughs> Tyler from Georgia just said, Welker going to Denver was tough for me. I, I, I kind of like, I mean, yeah, you know, I not see, a, I could see that. I could see that. Not so much people. the sense yeah, in being yeah. a fan and I'm upset, that, but that just that good. he's a good player. That's a good he's one. going to Peyton. You know, it's, it's. That was a good one, especially because it wasn't a ton of money. No. It just like didn't. They didn't yeah. want him. Yeah. They didn't want him. Uh, yeah, Greg, Greg, ladies and just says, uh, Celtics will have a great year. Bruins, too. There you go, Greg. I read two of your emails today. So Is that Greg in the build- building You're department? Or is it mm-hmm. different Greg? Uh, he usually signs it, Greg, in the building department. No, no, it isn't. But he is in facilities management, though. So. Okay. <laughs> the Bruins are the Bruins are, are just such a weird Have team you watched them at all? Like, yeah. The Bruins? yeah. They, they have not played well. No. <laughs> no. They played pretty well last night third in, the se- in the second and third period, yeah. but they, they can't score, and they don't generate a ton of offense. Their, uh, their goaltending is excellent. And yeah. that that's been yeah. carrying them, but they haven't been playing a lot of good offensive teams yet. So no. let's see if there's you know a lot more odd man rushes and things like that. How, but Swayman and, and Olmark have have just been lights out. And I Montgomery said that before the game yesterday that like they've kind of saved like the only reason why we're five and zero is because of our goaltending. Yeah. Is I think what he said. I'm happy to say that I can say Patra now and just yeah. just comes off the tongue yeah. now. Do you think no. they'll Patra. keep him? They better. I think he's had three goals already. Yeah, I'd like to. But I mean, I, it's I not just that he scored three goals. Like. The goal last night was not just like a Van Reensdyke, you know. I no, I, ba- away I, from I banked guys. a shot off the backboard into the off the guy's pad into the net. I mean, he's like speed. poke check in the in the defensive zone, splitting two defenders and going in alone and score. Like 
It was nasty. That was a good goal. So a lot yeah. that goes into those decisions, I imagine, because yeah. once you make the choice, he's there, right? And yeah. it, you know, you don't want to overwhelm him. And see, I mean, he's like what, nineteen years old? Like I can't I think he's eighteen. Is We're he nineteen. Is he nineteen? Yeah, Bedard's eighteen. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> Greg. That's right. <laughs> well, you know, they were talking about Bedard, like the Patra's better. Like the the uh, the mother and the sister are like rotating, like staying with him, yeah. like. Like that to he's like a little boy. Yeah, he's, he's literally yeah, he's a child. eighteen. Like yeah. he's cutting that's, a steak for him, you know. But they uh, so we watch behind the B, right? Because like we're diehards, right? So we watch behind the B. Behind the B, they they showed like the the roster decision at the end of training camp. It was like kind of interesting, and basically uh, Don Sweeney was like leading the meeting, and he was the Bruins GM, and he was like what is you ask the coaching staff like what is your lineup like what's your best lineup and they just gave him like the the 20 skaters that they wanted on the lineup and he was like all right and then he just like figures out like how to make it work with all the other you know cap and this and that and i i just wonder like with the patriots like it's the same guy right so does does he just look in the mirror and is like (laughs) well this is my best lineup but you know this this and this could happen like i it just it was interesting to see the the behind the scenes all right we're gonna close it out with with one random question i like this one from stevie uh random question but is marie matt a patriots fan does he even like football does he talk patriots football with the cast outside of the show no (laughs) don't i just make sound good he just talks he talks star wars that's it (laughs) which david andrews doesn't like and that's a that's my first my first big bone to pick with with david andrews but all right, that's going to do it for us, What, though. do you got a meeting to uh, go to? No. Why are you shortchanging Well, i got a long read to do, Paul, here. Um, I'm going to do the Toyota one. I'll do it Fred style. But, uh, of course, stay tuned for John Rook and the Playbook up next. And uh, hopefully Fred will be back tomorrow and off jury duty so that you don't uh, have to listen to me. And tomorrow we got a big announcement just to say uh, team has switched locker room around. So catch 22, 10 to 12 tomorrow. Right before P. That's going to be a new yep. time. So probably a permanent switch. So 10 to 12 Thursdays for catch 22. And lastly, here comes your here comes your Toyota read. Hey, Patriots fans, if you want to see Toyota's best offers, including those not seen on TV, go to buyatoyota.com. It's Toyota's official website for deals from the official vehicle of the New England, New England Patriots. Toyota, let's go places. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts. The world's original podcast.